0: What's going on, folks? It's Rich, My Take Radio, episode 90 for Thursday, May 5th, 2011. The intro music you just heard, of course, was made famous in South Park. It is America, fuck yeah. and um, It's very fitting, especially what went on this week, which I'm going to touch on in the opening monologue, along with a few other things. Um, The caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number is 347-324-3541. It almost feels like, oh, thanks for uh, the heads-up slick Reminded me that America Fuck Yeah was also made famous by Team America. I always associate the creators as just the guys from South Park. Thank you for the heads-up slick. Um, before I get into the housekeeping and the rundown for this week, I am going to be completely and utterly honest with you guys. Um, I, got a, I got a couple of things going on this week, fucking with my head a little bit. Um, in about an hour, it'll be my brother's birthday, my brother Joe. Uh, definitely happy early birthday to him. Uh, Mother's Day is coming up. I get a little uh, emotionally fucked up for Mother's Day. Obviously, for those of you that know me in real life and the few the, of you that listen to the show and pay a lot of attention, I, uh, I lost my mother 10 years ago, so um, I, get a, I get a little bent out of shape. I get a little irritable. I get a little fucked up, uh, primarily because my inbox gets bombarded with Mother's Day shit and, you know, I start getting mail and all this crap. So psychologically, it just turns me into a complete bag of shit. So I'm really on edge the week of leading to Mother's Day. So that's part of the reason why I'm a little, a little off, but also just in full on rage mode with a lot of shit that happened this week. Um... I don't want to tell you guys I'm in rare form because I'm I'm not. It's part psychological shit that I got going on and the other part is just there's a lot of bullshit happening so it needs to be addressed. So, if things seem a little out of the ordinary or if there's a little more rage and venom than usual, just know that, you know, there's there's a little edge to me this week and it's, you know, it's all personal shit but I share it with you guys only because I try to make myself seem I want to be more open, I guess. I guess that's what you want to call it. So, you know, shit's, shit's going to be definitely a little heated this week. I was supposed to be joined by the guys from Supremacy MMA. Um, we had a little bit of a miscommunication. The guys ended up actually thinking that the interview was already done, which it wasn't, and obviously that played a factor. But they finished uh, they finished the game, and they had to take a couple of days off. So we are going to reschedule. We'll probably be doing something in June, so be on the lookout for that. So with that said, let's get into some housekeeping. Um, our forums, you know the deal with the forums. I'm not going to repeat the same shit I repeat every week. Go in there, interact with the other listeners. You'll see what's up. We talk about other stuff besides the four key topics that from the show. We talk tech, uh, we talk fighting games, we talk anime, whole bunch of shit going on there. We even go into comics and toys on an even deeper level than the vague references on air, so definitely stop in there and check that out on our forums. We got a new posts this week uh we got a great wrestling post from Andrea regarding the current state of wrestling, which I will be discussing, and I also know that um I requested that mist make her presence felt in the wrestling segment because there's a ton of shenanigans going on this fucking week in wrestling, and it's not even raw raw was okay. Um, or as I like to call it, the America Fuck Yeah Raw, because it was very rah, rah, rah USA, and that's great. And it was enjoyable, and, you know, part of it was The Rock's birthday, so we're going to talk about that shit as well. But, a lot of shit happening with SmackDown, and, uh, a lot of shit happening with TNA. And you know what? There's going to be some spoilers this week. I don't give a shit, because the shit's taped, it's fucked up. And it's bullshit. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you don't want SmackDown spoiled for you this week, shut the show off during the wrestling segment. If you don't want the next two weeks of TNA done, once again, pause or listen to it on the archives and fast forward through the shit, because people's feelings are getting hurt this week. I don't give a fuck. TNA was okay this week, but... Just the overall lead-up to what's going on, on a multitude of levels, needs to be fucking addressed. Period. SmackDown, part of uh, of my annoyance with SmackDown is going to be covered in the wrestling segment, but also just with fucking wrestling fans, too. I love you guys, but you guys can be some fucking bastards sometimes. I ain't even playing with y'all. Sometimes you guys get a little too carried away with with the openness of the internet and the anonymity of hiding behind a fucking keyboard, being a keyboard warrior, and that's great, and I love you guys for being passionate about wrestling and being passionate about anything that we cover, but sometimes you fuckers get out of hand, and you guys don't stop and take the information and, and understand it a little bit and give it a little more thought. No, you guys jump on the fucking web, click, 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 Look at this, and this and this and this happened, and this guy's a punk bitch, and while that's great, and I admire the wrestling fan base and any fan base for being opinionated, sometimes you motherfuckers need to do your homework, so that's another rant. Um, our Facebook fan page, we're well on our way to 900 fans, um, My the big number's 1,000, 900 is beautiful, and I love that number, but 1,000 is where I want to be at, so... Keep telling your friends, your family members, your mistresses, your fucking illegal uncles that are here. If they like MMA, wrestling, video games, movies, tech, all the geeky shit we talk about, put them on the MTR. We're doing a lot of great stuff. We got a great panel of guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're doing the Big Apple Comic Con in two weeks, May 21st and 22nd. A lot of shit with that. So be on the lookout. And regarding that, also check out our apps on the iTunes marketplace as well as the Android marketplace. They'll run you $1.99. You can get access to MTR exclusives. And we're also going to be doing an MTR interview series, which I'm going to start putting on the app. I'm already trying to figure out what I want to call it. We're a little, we're torn between MTR Aftershocks and My Take Radio Unmasked or the interview series we want to do just to touch on a lot of stuff because what happens is we get a lot of people for guests and there's only four Thursdays in a month and trying to squeeze everybody in, shit just gets crazy. So in doing the interviews for the app, it'll be more casual. You know, I'll I'll do it via Skype or whatever or, you know, with people face-to-face. And add that to the application and to iTunes so you guys can get access to all those exclusives and get a little bit more insight into some people. It's going to be a little bit more casual. It's not going to be um, – not, not to say that it's not going to be rage-filled, depending on what's discussed, but it'll be just more, more mellow, more laid-back. In addition to that, we're going to be adding two minority film reports from Slick. Slick has been doing a great job holding that down for me. Um, I appreciate that. We got one for Bird Demic which is an utterly fucking shit-tacular movie that he um, he actually reviewed with a mostly straight face. So definitely you're going to be seeing that in a few days. Also, you're going to see one for Bitch Slap on there as well. So be on the lookout for those minority film reports. In addition to that, My Take Radio is officially on Get Glue. If you use the Get Glue check-in service, you can now check into My Take Radio. Yeah, it's listed under TV shows. That's a little bit of a, a misnomer. I I wish, but nonetheless, you can check in there, show your support. I also added a check-in button on our Facebook fan page and also a check-in button on mytakeradio.com. So if you want to check in with Get Glue, uh, possibly get some stickers. That's my next thing. We're going to add some little check-in rewards to some of the listeners that check in. Make sure to go to Get Glue and just punch in My Take Radio, and you'll be able to check in for that. T-shirts, 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 and merchandise and all this shit – um, New designs are finally in place. Um, there's a certain there's a certain artist I'm talking to. She is going to be assisting me with some of the design stuff because my art skills are suspect. There's also going to be um, some other stuff that's going to be happening. So be on the lookout for merchandise in the coming days. Last but not least, our guest roll call uh, May twelfth. I will be talking to a couple of different members from the competitive gaming community. So if you want to get some insight into becoming a competitive gamer or want to know how the whole shit works, make sure to tune in for next week's show. I'm going to be joined by uh, Alex Mendez, a.k.a. Golden Boy. Uh, We met him at the Dual Shockers event. He not only is um, uh, usually does the... Did Mike work for a lot of these events, but he's also a professional gamer? We're going to be joined by Unveil NYC, which also supports competitive gaming, and we'll probably have a couple of other people as well. We may have uh, Justin Wong involved. We'll see what happens with that. So be on the lookout, May 12th. May 19th, I will be joined by the Hip Hop Gamer, so we're going to be talking a lot of shit that episode. Last but not least, we still got a tentative date set for Robert Kelly. He'll be joining us very soon. Michael Jai White as well. The guys from Supremacy MMA, like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, we, we had to reschedule that just because of some miscommunications. That's going to be coming up. And also another announcement, which I announced on the fan page, and I've got to let you guys know, in July, Season 3 of The Deadliest Warrior returns to Spike TV. The, the crew from The Deadliest Warrior is once again going to be joining us to discuss the upcoming season. They were very excited about it. got the email from Spike TV today. So I know you guys are going to be super hyped for that. Um, There's going to be some other video game stuff going on. We're going to try and talk to more creative teams, more development teams. It's just very hard doing that shit on a nine to five job and squeezing time into email all these companies, um, trying to get a whole bunch of stuff for us to test out. My Take Radio TV, which is our YouTube channel has a couple of videos there from Comic-Con. There's going to be more stuff coming in the coming days. I'm going to start probably, I just got to get over a little bit of my camera shyness, doing some video blogs, either talking about some of the stuff that's going on or doing some unboxing videos, different things. So be, might take Radio TV for that. If you're on Tumblr, we also have MTR Extras on Tumblr, which is just randomness that I find on the web throughout the day that I want to share with you guys, that while it's not post-worthy, it's just always cool to look at. It's going to be video game stuff, comic book stuff, uh, sneakers, clothes, weird shit that that I come across, all my crazy rants and musings, even photos. I'm thinking of doing a, like a T-shirt Thursday and having different stuff for all the game-related swag and T-shirts and shit I got and putting that shit up there. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, last but not least, um, a rundown of tonight's topics. We're going to talk The Ultimate Fighter, UFC 129, uh, Extreme Rules... TNA's bullshit, SmackDown's fuckery as well. We got your video game news and your movie news. But first, let's get into this week's opening monologue. As always, and this has happened over the last few episodes, the opening monologue is just random shit that's going on that I got to discuss. And this week, obviously, with the intro music, we all know that we are officially in a Bin Laden-free world, quote-unquote, because Osama Bin Laden was killed uh, May 1st. Due to um, an event that took place in Pakistan with uh, SEAL Team Six that went in there and wiped him off the fucking map, of course, some people speculate that he has been dead for a while, hasn't been dead, yada yada yada. Ra ra ra, America, woohoo! And I'm all for that, but there's a couple of things I want to discuss with about that. And there's also a couple of random musings that I got to throw in this week as well. First off, with the bin Laden situation, I don't talk politics. I don't. I try not to get into political shit on the show. It's not my thing. They become heated debates. But I'm going to be 100% frank with you guys. Bin Laden getting killed is great for the morale of America for, you know, all the people that lost family members in nine 11, you know, everybody here in New York was hype when they heard that. But on the same instance, so families of, of, of soldiers, families of people that have lost family members and loved ones during nine 11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys I feel are more entitled to be all rah, rah, bin Laden's dead. Hooray, hooray. than. You know, some 20-year-old fucking schmuck who is unemployed and sits on his ass all day and wants to be part of something. You want to celebrate a guy's death? Celebrate the guy's death, quote-unquote, because it affected you in some way. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll I'll be 100% honest. I'm glad he's fucking dead just because I'm, I'm... You know, shit needs to relax a little bit and... Don't get me wrong. There's still the 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 threat of terrorism, but at least that one big looming burqa of shit is no longer with us. So with that, it it kind of eases e- eases things a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I still get on the subway occasionally here in New York. I still, you know, look and and be and I'm vigilant and I've had my bag checked on occasions and. Um, you know, that, that's never going to change. Osama bin Laden's bullshit and fuckery has changed the way we live day-to-day life, from pat-downs in the airports to bomb-sniffing dogs to soldiers sitting in Penn Station with AK-47s. He, he made sure to leave us with that, and we'll always look over our shoulder. But to sit here and, oh, why didn't we get to, you know, why didn't they bury him? Let me tell you something. Wherever Osama bin Laden is buried, whether it's in in the middle of fucking Times Square, Ground Zero, a Dairy Queen, anywhere, wherever he fucking goes and they throw his fucking carcass, there will be uh, a, a memorial, there will be a shrine, there'll be a place for them to go worship and all this bullshit. He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve to be fucking martyred and all this shit. He's dead, drop him into the fucking fish food. Period. That's it. You want to dr- drop him in the ocean. Don't eat some fish for a while because you never know. You might be eating a little bit of Bin Laden. So if if, you, if you're in the Middle East and you get a fish sandwich, there might be a little bin in there. So letting you guys know in the Middle East, don't eat no fish. It might have a little bit of Bin Laden shit in there. But on a serious note, we we really have to just... Respect the fact that he's dead and stop questioning so much shit. Oh, Barack Obama's taking all the credit. All he did was say, yeah, you fucking right. The motherfucker's going to take credit. Are you crazy? What is he going to say? No, I had no involvement whatsoever. The motherfucker knew. Imagine sitting at home. Imagine Barack Obama sitting at home, pounding out his wife, knowing that he knows where bin Laden is. You know, Michelle rolls over, goes to sleep. She's like, good night, baby. And he's laying in bed with his eyes open like, I know where you are, motherfucker. I I respect the fact that he kept that shit under his hat. He's a bold dude. SEAL Team 6, you guys are, are fantastic. 45 minutes, helicopter got all fucked up. You guys went in there, did your job, you know. Everybody's like, oh, well, bin Laden was unarmed when he got shot. You know what? 3,000 people were unarmed when they fucking died. I don't feel bad for that shit. Fuck out of here with your fucking false sympathy. You don't give a fuck. Oh, you know, that's fucked up. I had a conversation with Slick before the show went on air, and I said to Slick, if I went in your house and put a gun to your mother's head, what are you going to do to me? And he said, I'd fucking kill you. Think about it when you're a soldier, when you're somebody mourning a loved one from 9-11 or a fireman who lost a brother or a police officer who lost a friend, uh, the mothers and fathers that will never see their children, the children that will never see their parents. Think about that shit when you're pondering all the reasons why the bin laden situation was done poorly because i guarantee you that if i was a fucking person who lost a family member in 9-11 i would have gone into every dirt hole in pakistan and i would have made sure to fist fuck bin laden every day until he stopped breathing period seriously Anybody who sits here and gives this false bravado about, oh, you know, things could have been done differently, we should have done shit more humane, go to the big hole in, in the city. Go to the big hole in the city where there's 3,000 pieces of bone still around, possibly. You go there and you tell everybody who's there that the Bin Laden situation could have been done differently. I guarantee you they will stone the fuck out of you like they do in the Middle East. Seriously, don't, don't come to me with your fake fucking sympathy. You don't give a shit about bin Laden. You want to be fucking relevant. That's what it is. People run out of shit to talk about, so they'll say some extra shit so they can get their 15 minutes. Oh, I need to see a fucking body. Really? The same way, you know, I bet you you still want to know where Jesus is buried too, right? If we want to talk about seeing bodies. Hey, this is where Jesus went. Come on, man. Stop the bullshit. Accept the fact that he's a scumbag and he's dead. And he's probably in somebody's fucking filet of fish in Pakistan. Period. That's it. On a separate note, I want to talk about something that happened today. And and like I said, I'm in full boiling rage mode, just in general. Just hating everything. Uh, parents. I want to talk about parents for a second. Yo. If you have kids and they are the spawn of Satan, I will—I will be effectively punting your kid across a store. Period. If you are—if you are an, an adult to fucking pop them out, and you're not an adult to discipline them, I am punting them across a department store. I don't give a fuck. That—that's that. That's that. I, I had a situation today where I went to lunch, and I'm eating, and this lady's downstairs, and the news is playing, and this kid is running around, this belligerent little sack of jizz with feet, is running around, hey, 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 just just being obnoxious, and the mother's like, oh, oh, stop it, Tommy, Just just people are trying to, and I'm looking at this little motherfucker, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him like, I really just want to smash you. And you know, you got to be a fucked up human being to want to punch a toddler in the face. That's where I was. I wanted to really punch a toddler in the face. And, you know, she sees me eyeballing her kid, and she's like, oh, is there a problem? And I'm like, yes, your kid needs to shut up so I can enjoy my lunch. Period. Oh, well, you know... Children are always, kids are going to be kids. Let me tell you something. Whenever you hide behind kids are going to be kids, I hope that a Rottweiler rips out your uterus. That's what I hope. I hope that a rabid dog crawls up in your shit and yanks it the fuck out. Seriously. Seriously. Kids are going to be kids. You know what? And adults are going to be adults. And I don't have to hear your fucking kid running around, tipping chairs over while I'm trying to eat fucking grilled chicken and broccoli for the third time this week. Shut the fuck up, you stupid old bitch. Seriously, I was beyond irate. And everybody else was looking, and they felt my pain. They felt it visibly. I have three things I, did, I dislike. Parents not going into the bathroom with their kids because let me tell you something. If I gotta go take a shit or a piss and a little kid is in there, I'm not going in. I'm not. I fucking would piss my fucking pants before I go in there. Cause all it takes is a little kid to go, he showed me his wee. He tried to touch me. That's all you need, and before you know it, you're getting dragged out in fucking handcuffs, Rich is in the back of a squad car getting yelled at. Why'd you show your penis to a kid? The, the, the rule number one. Little kids, especially if they're little girls and the men's, room, don't go in there. I'm telling y'all. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, ah. Oh. Don't do that. If you can't control your fucking kids, either get a vasectomy, wear a condom, have birth control, or keep your legs closed. You want to know why? Because no one wants to hear your shit. And the third thing. If I'm paying $36 to go see Fast and Furious in IMAX and your minority family, and I can say it, comes in and is stereotypically loud, I hope that you get an envelope full of fucking anthrax. And I'm not even saying it's a black thing or a brown thing. It's a I paid a $36 fucking ticket to watch Vin Diesel get his ass whooped in IMAX thing. Shut your fucking face. Shut up. I don't give a shit if Tyrese is funny. I don't care. Shut your hole. And, and, and yes, I'll say it. It was a a, a minority family. You want to know why? Because it's always. And it's sad. Don't get me wrong. Don't White folks, I love you guys. My fiance's white. You motherfuckers aren't safe either. Because you assholes sometimes get out of hand too. Cackling and bullshitting. Shut your face. If you pay $36 to go see a film in IMAX, you need to be fucking quiet. The only thing I should be able to hear is the possible gentle rocking of a girl giving her man a handjob in a dark theater. Period. Shut your face. Shut up. You just paid $36 for you and your significant other to see a movie. Plus popcorn. Shut your hole. Shut it. Or I will shut it for you. I think I must have yelled, shut the fuck up, three times, and they'd be quiet, and then again,
1: oh, Tyrese is so funny, (laughs) ha, ha, ha,
0: shut your face, shut up, period, shut your hole, I want to hear it, I don't care that you find Tyrese funny, I don't give two shits, if Ludacris is the man, shut up, and if I have to hear you say that The Rock is fine for the 85th time, you are a tub of shit, with stretch marks on top of stretch marks. He wouldn't even fuck you with somebody else's dick. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <sighs> now with that out of the way. Now, now I feel better. Now I feel like we can proceed with the rest of My Take Radio episode 90. And let's open up with some MMA If you want to call in, 347-324-3541 is the number. Let's get this ball rolling, folks. All right. I'm going to open things up with UFC 129, and the only reason is because the Ultimate Fighter for some reason just isn't getting my attention the way it the way it should. It's it, it's lacking something. I don't know what it is. I know De Silva's in the chat, and he's probably watching this season. Do you fucking feel the same way, dude? Is the season missing something? I don't know if it's because I expected Brock Lesnar to want to beat people to death. Or I expected, uh, you know, your Junie Browning or your Chris Lieben. I needed a standout character in the season. I don't know, man. It's just like I watch this shit, and it's like fast forward, fast forward, one or two funny moments and the fight, and that's it. Like, I fast forward through wrestling. I don't fast forward through MMA. I fast forward through wrestling. Because wrestling is bullshit. MMA has multitudes of violence. But that's a that's a whole other story. And and the said in the chat that he did watch the first episode and said it. Fuck this! I don't know what's up with this season. Maybe they need a little hiatus. Maybe they need to do something different. I don't know. But I don't know. It's losing its luster. But besides that, let's talk about UFC one twenty nine. UFC one twenty nine. And I'll tell you the in the grand scheme of things was a fucking awesome. Anybody that sits there and detracts certain performances. I I got something for you. But uh, let's go through the fights. The first opening fight was between Mark Bocek and Ben Henderson. Let me tell you, Ben Henderson is a beast. Benson Henderson, or Bendo, is the fucking man. And Mark Bocek is no slouch. He looked awesome in the first round. But Henderson came back in round two, and then in just round three, he was an animal. He was animal thug. I was... Super impressed with Ben Henderson. He took it. He took the fight via unanimous decision. Uh, ben Henderson, of course, you know he praised Jesus in a really awkward moment, which uh, Slick had a good chuckle from. He's like, "Praise Jesus, thank you, God." Uh, you know, he was he was really into it, and he had the crazy eyes. You know what's funny? Let me tell you. When you're an MMA fighter, and you come out with the crazy eyes between rounds. Not even coming out with the crazy eyes at the start, because that's when you get the adrenaline dump. And then when you settle in, when you come out of a corner in round two and three, and you look like, like a dingo ate your baby, oh, man, that's when you know shit is going to get real. And every time that bell rang, Ben Henderson came out like, like, like yo, like he just caught you fucking his girl. He came out there in serious beef mode, and I was super impressed. Ben Henderson, you, sir, are the fucking truth. The light heavyweight bout with uh, Jason Brills and Vladimir Matyshenko, uh, like I said, I called this uh, a favor fight. This people expect, everybody said that this fight should have been on the undercard, non-televised, whatever. Uh, Jason Brills, of course, he stepped up. He fought little Nog. I guess they wanted to give him a slot on the main card. He came out with Vladimir Matyshenko and let me tell you, 20 seconds, it was a little bit of an exchange, and Matt Tushenko dropped Jason Brills, chubby-ass Mark Summers. He got dropped. It's not, even, it's not even a joke. You know how sometimes it's a knockout, and it's like a flash KO, and you're like, oh, okay, he's all right. He dropped this dude. He just came fist-to-face, and ding, it was over. He just crumpled. He, crum- he crumpled like, like a guy with no legs falling out of a wheelchair. That's how, that's how big that crumple was. It was like, ding, and he hit the floor. Hilarious. Vladimir Matashenko is stepping his fucking game up, I'll tell you that. Now, on the light heavyweight side of things, Randy Couture and Lyoto Machida. Let me, let me tell you guys something. Everybody that was on Lyoto Machida's nuts and then got off when he started losing is going to be right back Hugging them little Asian-looking Brazilian nuts. Randy Couture is a legend. He is the fucking man. Win, lose, or draw. And he lost. Here's the crazy thing, though. Steven Seagal is the buzzword for this particular fight. You want to know why? Steven Seagal trained Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva ended up uh getting Vitor Belfort with the front kick, which Steven Seagal, quote-unquote, taught him. Randy Couture, and, and don't adjust your dial, Randy Couture lost to the fucking crane kick from Karate Kid. I'm not fucking with you. Crane kick. Leona Machida got in the stance like Daniel-san with Randy Couture playing Johnny Lawrence, and I, all I wanted was Joe Rogan to, yo, put him in a body bag! And it would have been complete. Yo, he... Leona Machita Daniel larusso would fucking Randy Couture eating the crane kick to the point where Randy Couture's tooth got knocked out. And then Leona Machina's like, oh, I learned a technique from Mr. Steven Seagal. And you know what the worst part is? When he was getting ready to do that crane kick, he was moving and flailing his hands around like Steven Seagal did in fucking out for justice. I really needed a Jamaican dude to run out and go, what is that to you, white boy, Acha!" I was waiting for that. Waiting for it. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. But boy, did fucking Machida come out and fucking catch him with the crane kick! I was dumbfounded. Me, Andrea, and Slicks just stood there like did this motherfucker just do the crane kick? And sure as shit, that's what happened. I I really needed the credits to roll after UFC 129, and have Pat Morita just walking and turn his head slightly like he did at the end of Karate Kid. And props for De Silva for saying that if Michael Schiavello had called the fight, he would have indeed said goodnight, Irene. So nice work with that, De Silva. You're 100% right. Um, Randy Couture, even, in, even losing is a class act, and I know that motherfuckers are going to jump on those nuts for Leoto Machida, hugging them. Hugging them hard. Oh, he's the fucking man, the dragon. Blah blah blah. Look, I don't give a fuck what Leona Machida says. Steven Seagal didn't teach you shit. Stop. Stop it. But it was it was enjoyable, and Leona Machida definitely, you know, he got that 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 rust off, and now people are going to be watching tape and seeing how they're going to counter the crane kick. Of course, Steven Seagal has done interviews out the ass, and he's like, oh, I'm teaching these guys a lot of other secret stuff. This was only the beginning. You know, I I was waiting for him to be like, you know who did Bobby Lupo? I was waiting for that, but I, I didn't get that. Like, I honestly would love to interview Steven Seagal just so I could just drop all these little nuggets from all his different movies. I'd give anything to just be able to do that, but who knows? We might be able to get him on the show sometime. Let's go into the featherweight title bout. Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick. Fantastic fucking fight. Jose Aldo is awesome. Well, let me pronounce it right. Jose Aldo is awesome. Mark Hominick is an animal. This guy, towards the end of the fourth, had a hematoma on his head that pretty much looked like Sackboy from Little Big Planet. He had an His wife was due to have a baby any minute during that fight, and he was due to have a baby from his fucking forehead. It was absurd, the size of this hematoma. I actually put a picture on the uh, My Take Radio fan page on Facebook. You can see it for yourself. It was ridiculous. redonkulous, this, this giant forehead baby. But you know what? The doctor checked him out. He was still able to see, and he fought with that giant hematoma growing out of his head. I said to myself, if if Jose Aldo catches him with a knee, he is going to fucking bleed all over the place. He's going to bleed like a stuck pig, in the words of Jim Ross. Absurd, absurd fight. Mark Hominick lost by decision, but you know what? He earned the respect of everyone that doubted him in this fight. And Jose Aldo, there was there was a little bit of a of a chink in his armor. You can see that, you know. He, uh, of course, they're saying now, oh, you know, he was sick, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, man. He's definitely definitely a hole in that game. The right person can definitely capitalize. It's rumored that he will be facing Chad Mendes next. I don't know how legit that is, but even if that's the case, Jose Aldo's a, a serious problem. That guy throws leg kicks like nobody's business. Hundred, you know, freaking. 145-pounder, man, listen. He kicks, he kicks you, and it sounds like a gunshot when he kicks you in your leg. No fucking around, for sure. Uh, the welterweight title bout with GSP and Jake Shields. Um, I want to tell you, I'm a fan of George St. Pierre's. Jake Shields, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, is on point. He's a, he's a magician when it comes to that shit. But GSP fought very safe. Very, very safe. He used his stand up. Uh, He didn't engage. He suffered um, an eye injury later on in the fight, talking about how he couldn't see, et cetera, et cetera, which definitely affected his his performance. But um, I will tell you that GSP's fighting style has become very, very, very safe. Very safe. And I don't know if it's because. He wants to cement his legacy as one of the best. But if I'm paying 60 bucks for a fight, dude, and you're, and you're the fucking man, you need to go out there and engage. But on the same token, Jake Shields was a little safe, too. I think Jake Shields was respecting that stand-up, and GSP was... They respected each other too much and didn't go for it. That's one thing that kind of jumped out at me in that fight. A lot of people were saying the fight sucked, blah, 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 and I... You know, I got to tell people, put some gloves on and go in the cage before you bitch. Oh, this fight sucked. Go in there and get punched in the face. I want you to get punched in the face. Yes, you know, it wasn't, it, it was you know what, like I said, GSP fights very safely. It was, it was very, and De Silva said it, it was technical. But you know what happens? Technical and safe are starting to go hand in hand, and I don't like that. He has great boxing, and that's great. Use your boxing, but engage more. There was definitely a lot of dancing, him trying to pepper him with punches. Just the. I understand maybe he's afraid of getting knocked out, but Jake Shields, his stand-up wasn't that shitty, and he tagged GSP a couple of times, too. There was definitely a fear of engagement on, on George St. Pierre's part. There's a rumor that he's that they want to do a fight with him and Nick Diaz, and you know what? That fight... There's no being safe for him if he fights Nick Diaz, because Nick Diaz is going to come forward and put fist to face, and he's going to taunt him, and he's going to be like, come on, George, come on, hit me, hit me, George, come on, fuck you, hit me, and and George, that's where we're going to see a a different GSP. For now, he's just going to keep being safe, keep cementing his legacy, and and that's great. But when you're paying $60 and and you're a fan, you you don't want to see that sometimes. Sometimes you want to see a little bit more. You want to see motherfuckers leave it out there. That's one thing. I watched a card from M1 Global, who you guys know represents uh, Fedor Emelianenko. And regardless of what you feel about their personal beefs, those fucking guys that fight for M1 beat the fuck out of each other. Golden Glory out of Holland, they put on a show not too long ago on HDNet. Again, hungry motherfuckers. I don't know if it's because, and, and Bloodstained Lane touched on this in one of his videos, it, it's almost like like you know they, they get in there and they just want to stay in the UFC and get that money, and that's fine. But getting that money and being entertaining, are, are, they go hand in hand because people will pay more to see you fight. Nick Diaz, by many people, the Diaz brothers in general are considered dicks. One fight that I took great pleasure in seeing was Nate Diaz fight on the Spike TV card. Nate Diaz did lose because he got the shit suplexed out of him three times by this young Canadian kid. But the Diaz brothers make the fights fun, whether it's trash talking, constantly engaging. You need that shit. You need that to make you want to part with that $60. The, the technical expertise of GSP and Jake Shields wasn't enough to really get me to want drop to drop that money. You really, you got you to gotta want it. And, and I felt that Jake Shields wasn't hungry enough. And, and, and I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm not in a cage. I'm not a professional fighter. I, I give you my, my take on it, you know, as, as hacky as it sounds. And I just feel that he he, wasn't, he didn't want it enough. You know, you're, you're coming in there. Yeah, there's 55,000 screaming Canadians. But you know what it is? You're a world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. You can submit motherfuckers in your sleep. And we didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see any wrestling. We got to see GSP jab and bob and weave for fucking 25 minutes. And I I don't know, man. I just, I wasn't down with that. Was not down with that at all. But what can you do? Um, Overall, UFC 129 was good. I enjoyed it. Um, Definitely some great fights. Randy Couture's last fight, legendary. Mark Hominick, Jose Aldo. Featherweight division is nothing, nothing to fuck with. I'm telling you right now. Those lighter weight weight guys, they go in there and they they leave it in the cage. Now, I'm going to give you the quick uh, Ultimate Fighter recap. Two fights on this episode, Tony Ferguson and Justin Edwards. um, Really fucking badass fight. Justin Edwards came out just hungry, wild throw, wild punches. Ferguson, though, he was was ready for it. Edwards did score a, a quick takedown, but Tony got back to his feet. Real fast, it was more of a striking battle, and battle is putting it mildly. But I tell you what, Tony Ferguson landed an um, upkick and knocked Justin Edwards out cold. Badass fight and definitely a solid finish. Uh, Dana White was super am- ham. Dana White was super amped for that, and it was it was great to see. The next fight was Chuck O'Neill and Zach Davis. Um, another another solid fight. Zach Davis opened up with a quick takedown. And, uh, Chuck worked his way back up to his feet, but they ended up getting in a clinch, and another takedown occurs. But when they get back up to their feet, it was, uh, Chuck landing some heavy right hands on Davis from, and then, uh, from the bottom position, Davis locked in a triangle choke and choked out Chuck O'Neill. So De- Zach Davis by first round submission. Now, right after this, they get ready to set up the wild card fight, but, Justin Edwards was going to be picked, and the commission imposed a 90-day suspension. So he can't take the fight. So now, of course, other fighters are going to try and fill that slot. Um, Len Bentley is definitely a lock. So it turns out ended, they end up going with uh, Javier Torres and Chuck O'Neill. Not sure how I felt about Torres taking it, but it's going to be Torres and Chuck O'Neill for the wild card. They give out a little bit of a, uh, of a of a preview for next week, of course, to close things out with Bentley showing that he's highly upset about being snubbed for the wild card fight, and Lesnar and Dos Santos go head to head in the coaches' challenge. Javier Torres will be battling Chuck O'Neill in the wild card fight. So on Team Lesnar, on Team Lesnar, you got Tony Ferguson, Clay Harvison, and Chris Cope. On Team Dos Santos, you got Shamar Bailey, um, Ryan McGlu Magler- No, nah, I'm gonna fuck up this guy's name. Ryan McGee, we'll just go with that. Javier Torres, uh, Ramsey Najim, and Zach Davis. And Keon Caldwell, of course, went home. So, so that's the Ultimate Fighter Report. Let's get into some MMA news because there's a couple of things I want to discuss. Uh, Kid Yamamoto had to withdraw from next month's UFC 130 event. He is being replaced by Michael McDonald, who will be fighting uh, Renan Barrau. UFC 130 is taking place May 30th at the MGM Grand in Vegas. Title fight's going to be Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard for the lightweight belt. Of course, the winner of that fight will be meeting Showtime Anthony Pettis. And um, Matt Hamill and Quentin Rampage Jackson are the co-main event. Frank Mir and Roy Nelson are on that card. Travis Brown and Stefan Struve. Jorge Santiago versus Brian Stan. On the Spike TV card, you got Thiago Alves and Rick Story. Demetrius, Mighty Mouse Johnson, and Miguel Angel Torres, which is going to be sick. Uh, Tim Bocek and Kendall Grove on the prelims. Cody McKenzie and Bart Uh Wow, this guy's name Chris Karrasau and Michael McDonald. And then Renan Barao is going to be meeting uh, Michael McDonald. So it's going to be a great UFC 130. Don't know if I'm going to order it. I I, I do want to see the Edgar and Maynard fight. I, I'm kind of if I am going to order it, I'd want to see the Frank Mir Roy Nelson fight. And I would definitely want to see the Hamill and Rampage, because I'm, I'm curious to see how it was. Um, in some other news, the UFC announced that Diego Sanchez is going to be facing Matt Hughes at some point this fall, not a fight I would give two shits about, not because of, of the, who the fighters are, but just because the build-up for that fight is going to be bullshit. It's going to be Diego Sanchez being like, oh, I respect Matt Hughes. And Matt Hughes is going to be like, yeah, Diego Sanchez is really talented. Like, there's no hype for that fight. Honestly, I would have liked to have seen Matt Hughes fight in Rio against Hoist Gracie. A fight with Diego Sanchez, there's really nothing really to gain for either of these guys in this fight. But that's what the UFC decided. Dana White, of course, whatever UFC card that comes and goes, shares a couple of nuggets of information at the fan Q&As. When asked about Nick Diaz, he said, I'm going to talk to Nick Diaz literally when this fight is done. I'm flying up to Stockton to go talk to him. He has a deal with Strikeforce. They have a verbal deal where he can go out and box. We honor deals. If you have a deal, you have a deal. But I don't think it's in Nick's best interest to box. So we'll see what happens. When asked about the possibility of Diaz versus GSP, He goes, if GSP decides to stay at 170 and Anderson Silva's fight doesn't happen, there's always going to be new guys coming up there. There's Nick Diaz and there's a lot of other guys. GSP is one of these guys that's such a great champion and he's so good at what he does, but listen, he's a human being. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. George wants to keep testing himself and keep fighting the best. Who knows what decisions he'll make after he beats so many guys and how he'll want to challenge himself next, but we'll see. I think, you know, with regards to that, it's probably going to happen, but with strike force and all the stuff that's in play, you're not seeing that for a while. Announced at the UFC press conference, they gave out some bonuses, $129,000 bonuses. Knockout of the night went to Leoto Machito with the fucking crane kick. Submission of the night went to Pablo Garza with the flying triangle choke. Uh, Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick got fight of the night, so definitely going to be, you know, well-deserved accolades. Last couple of uh, bits of MMA news. According to TMZ, Matt Hughes is under investigation in regards to an alleged bar fight. According to a police report that was released in Taylor Springs, Illinois, it it was an incident that happened on April 23rd at a bar called Trails End Bar and Grill. Uh, The source is saying that Hughes got into an argument with a male patron. This reportedly led to him shoving said patron, which led to a female patron ending up with her nose broken. The woman is alleging that Hughes pushed the other man into her. So we'll see how that pans out. And um, Mayhem Miller was, is in this week's uh, MMA news. When asked about the strike force situation and signing with the UFC, he, um, when asked about him not fighting, he said, I asked, and guess what? Nobody would tell me. This is a political environment. Nobody's going to tell you. They're just going to be cowards about it. That's the way of the world. Nobody's going to tell the crazy ultimate fighter guy to his face. Hey, screw you. They're not going to do that. When asked about you know leaving Strike Force for the UFC, he said up until the last minute, up until it was apparent that they had no intention of fulfilling the contract, I was like, hey, I'm ready to fight. Let's fight. At the last moment, it looks as if, okay, they can't fulfill the contract. Now I fight in the UFC. I have no ill will towards anyone. If that's how they saw it, then that's how they saw it. If that's the case that I was really banned from Showtime, then, hey, it's not the first place I've been 86 from. So definitely strong words from Mayhem Miller, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the UFC. It's, it's going to be great for sure. And the last bit to close out this week's MMA news, John Jones is up for the Guy's Choice Award on Spike TV uh, for the Most Dangerous Man Award. He is up against Manny Pacquiao, so you can vote in that category as well as the other 11 on Spike TV's official website throughout June 4th. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When I get back, we are going to talk some wrestling And boy, oh boy, is there a lot of shit to discuss right after this.
2: You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in, like, really high voices, like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you won't listen to that on our show because we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So if you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter. Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on All Games.
0: Let's talk some wrestling, and boy, oh boy, is there lots to discuss. Let's start with extreme rules. I'm just going to run through the matches. Last man standing match. If you didn't think Randy Orton was going to win, stop snorting that crack because he did win, but in a, in a, in a very convincing fashion, catching CM Punk with an RKO off the top rope. Very competitive match, a lot of great spots. Um, CM Punk with the side Russian leg sweep into a steel chair was actually one of the, my favorite spots in that match. Um, we get an impromptu tables match with Sheamus and Kofi Kingston for the U.S. Championship. Kofi Kingston, of course, was going to win, so he can take the belt to Raw with a super boom drop off the top turnbuckle with a, a table. And, um, again, going through the going through the matches, they, they were what you'd expect. They were a couple of high spots. Sheamus and Kofi Kingston was... A throwaway match, but it was a solid match to take the belt back to Raw, so we get that. Our truth talks a little shit, of course. The country whipping match was about as entertaining as a cat taking a shit. Translation, not entertaining. Rey Mysterio and Cody Rhodes, though, was very entertaining for a couple of reasons. Rey Mysterio broke out some green mist to the face of Cody Rhodes, a little bit of a heelish side of Rey Mysterio coming out, which. I can only hope leads to Rey Mysterio possibly turning heel for a little bit. I think that that would help freshen up his character. The whole Green mess thing was cool. Um, his work with Cody Rhodes was exceptional. Cody Rhodes really stepped his game up as a performer. I was very impressed with how he did. And um, you knew Rey Rey was going to win. Don't act shocked. Uh, loser leaves WWE match with McCool and Layla. Of course, rumors said that McCool was leaving, so you knew how it was going to end. Karma, a.k.a. Awesome Kong, debuts and proceeds to kill Michelle McCool dead. So, it served its purpose. Michelle McCool leaves, Layla wins, Karma comes out, murders the motherfucker, and leaves. Of course, the big match everybody was waiting for, the latter match with Del Rio and Christian, was a, a masterful match. Great, great chemistry between Christian and... Del Rio great psychology and it was very fitting that edge was involved in some way and Christian did win the belt it was fantastic edge and the celebration was really nice to see it was it was it was Christian's WrestleMania moment so to speak and I'm using that loosely but it was, it was great. It was a culmination of hard work. Christian is a solid performer. He may not be the biggest guy, he's not the smallest guy, but he's fucking entertaining, and he goes out there and has a, a good match every time. We had a Lumberjack Tag Team match with Kane and The Big Show against Wade Barrett and Ezekiel Jackson. Another I'm-going-to-go-take-a-piss match. Um, the Big Show defeated Wade Barrett with Chokeslam, blah, blah, blah. This is probably setting up for the core to get broken up. Moving on. Our triple threat steel cage match was what you'd expect. You know, John Morrison coming in, doing real crazy shit. The Miz trying to use shenanigans. R-Truth involves himself in the match, whoops everybody's ass, which was good because he got removed from the match, and it almost felt like he wanted to prove a point in saying that, look, I could come out there and fuck you guys up. So definitely great for R-Truth. The, the only payoff I didn't like was Cena winning the match just because it's John Cena winning the belt for the 85,000th time. It seemed that the theme for this particular pay-per-view was doing uh, finishing moves off the top rope. We had a super RKO. We had a super boom drop. We had an attitude adjustment off the top rope. It seemed that that was the name of the game, and Cena wins the belt. It, you know, what the fuck do we expect? For them to put the belt on Jomo? They're not putting the belt on that mofo. Get the fuck out of here. Not yet, anyway. And not for nothing, I would have kept the belt on The Miz just a smidge longer, just because giving it to Cena at this point, no, no disrespect towards John Cena, but what now? He has the belt now. What are you going to do, feud with our truth Fuck, I would have liked to have seen a feud between R-Truth and The Miz. A, uh, a dual heel feud where you can maybe start turning The Miz tweener or face. Something different? No, we're just going to put the belt back on good old Hulk Hogan John Cena. That's what the fuck we're going to do. Because we're, we're, we, we, don't, we don't take risks. We don't take gambles with our talent. That's why. Let's just put the belt on John Cena and just move that shit along. So we're going to segue right into Monday Night Raw, which, of course, was um, The Rock's birthday. And a couple of things. Let me tell you something. The Rock came out, cut a fantastic promo. Lillian Garcia sung the national anthem. It was fucking incredible. Let me tell you, I was born in this country and Lillian Garcia singing the national anthem gave me a fucking chubby. Not because she, she's an attractive woman, but just because it was powerful. And I just wanted to go out and fucking save a baby, climb a tree, and get a kitten out. Like, I just felt empowered listening to that. Like, sometimes you hear shit, and it makes you feel good about being who you are or what you are. And that was that was my moment. It sounds cheesy, but... It, it was really great to see that. I mean, you know, we saw something like that after nine eleven. We saw, we see things like that all the time in certain WWE things. I got to tell you, Vince McMahon being a fucking patriot is without question. Sure, it's part of it's a fucking marketing ploy, but WWE's has always cons- consistently supported our country when it comes to shit like that. You know, it's it's it's. It's something that I can't knock them for, and it was it was nice to see. You know, it, it was nice that they did it and they stayed current. It was cool seeing Lillian back. That that was that was badass. The Rock fucking came out and he cut once again a promo of promos. He led he led us with the um, the pledge of allegiance, and it was just powerful because you could see that The Rock was he was into it. He he was really into the shit. He was. um It wasn't just I'm gonna go out there and we're gonna do this whole show about me. He went out there and he kept shit real, and and you know he he fucking led a whole arena to say the pledge of allegiance. Motherfuckers that probably haven't said a pledge of allegiance since fucking grade school. And you see the the fat guy with the with the smedium shirt with his hand over his heart. Saying, with liberty and justice for all. And he's super hype. Like, I tell you right now, if terrorists would have stormed that arena, they would have they gotten killed. They would have gotten killed immediately because motherfuckers was real patriotic. It was like, fucking America,
1: you're the fucking man, bro. I love
0: you. I say! It's like, all right, we got it. Thanks. And then, of course, they proceeded, and they're like, yeah, we're going to go right into some wrestling. It was, it was a real, it was almost like I needed Sergeant Slaughter to come out and wave a fucking flag, just, just to make it official that it was really, like, all about America at the moment. It, it, was, it was hilarious. Again, I, I, I like what they did. It was cool. They kept shit relevant. They acknowledged something that was huge to the world, so, you know, I, I can never knock WWE for shit like that. Now, with regards to Raw, you know, we get another John Morrison R-Truth shit. We get, oh, I forgot to tell you that Michael Cole got his ass beat for interrupting The Rock, which was a no-brainer. They were in Miami, and uh, he shows his little Celtics jersey, so you know he's going to get his ass whooped. Then we have, I forgot, the entertainment portion of the program. Pitbull came out. And you know, he had his, his his pants that were a little too snug, all white. He had the chicks gyrating and he was singing, everybody in Miami was hype. All all the Spanish people were like, Oh yeah, yeah, three oh five, man, three oh five. They were all into it and shit. And the non Spanish people were like, what the fuck is that guy saying? So, you know, it was it was it was amusing. It was amusing seeing that because it's like you don't think yeah, we're going to have a live performance when Pitbull comes out and he's all, you know, rah, rah, let me be real ethnic and you know, cater to all the stereotypes and shit. Hilarious. Um, Very, very random, just because it was like, The Rock is like, The Rock says that my boy Pitbull's is going to come out and he's going to sing for you guys. And they're like, ah! And I'm like, all right, yeah, hooray, great. And I thought about it, I'm like, the fuck is he doing there? But then I'm like, all right, they're in Miami. You know, they got to fucking do something real mainstream. There it is. It almost felt like a fucking halftime show. Like, they should have done Raw, and then right before they go into the Raw Zone hour, Pitbull should have just came out and been like, hey, man, this is a WWE halftime show, man. Pitbull 305. They should have just done some shit like that at this point. But whatever. It was a little ill-placed, but it it was amusing. It It was all right. Hating too much. Um... Like I said, most of the matches were John Morrison and R Truth wasn't even a fucking match. So whatever. Um Kelly Kelly and Maurice was a setup for Awesome Kong to come out and kill a bitch dead. And who was the recipient of that said killing? Maurice got she ate an implant buster. I'm sure that's not let me shut up. Let me not say anything further. But yeah, Maurice got her ass whooped by Karma, aka Awesome Kong. Uh, Kelly Kelly didn't get attacked. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because of her super white teeth because you know Kelly Kelly smiles and shit and it's like nuclear winter. It's super bright. She's like she Kelly Kelly has like that orbit smile. You ever notice she smiles like ding, dirty mouths get clean. Like I want the English chick to come out when she's smiling. Hilarious. I'm like, yo, how are your teeth so white? How huh? like Don't get me wrong. You know, you get you get some fucking whitening toothpaste and some dental trays and shit, and your teeth can be that white. But it almost feels like they run some fucking latex semi gloss over her shit. Before, before she comes out, they are super bright, super bright. Thank you, Miss Veneers. You might be right. She has fucking total wax and shit. She's got carnauba on them shits. Super bright her smile, and I don't mind. Whatever, she has a nice smile. But it's just, it's distracting, because it's so bright. It's like, fuck your Barbie and the Rocker smile. It's like fucking watching a gem cartoon. Super bright. She's like, hee, hee, hee. Then Awesome Con comes out and she's like, oh my god, look at Kim. Take my money, please, big black lady, take my money. Like, like that's what you'd expect, but um, let, let me move on. Uh, we get, of course, another world title match with Cena and The Miz for the eighty fifth thousandth time. Of course, Andrea referenced that in her article. And, again, this is why. We put the belt on John Cena. And what do we get? Match number 777 with The Miz. Yes. That's what happens. The Miz, for the 85,000th time, fights John Cena again. (laughs) Snoozefest. Like, fuck, man. Get out of here with that. And, of course, John Cena, you know, he gets superpowers and comes out. He fucks up everybody, as usual. Get a couple more people. Um, wishing a a happy birthday. Ellen DeGeneres, Tyler Perry. I don't know why Spike Lee didn't wish him a happy birthday because, hey, everybody else is. Rey Mysterio and Kofi Kingston take on Jack Swagger and Janicus from Spartacus, a.k.a. Drew McIntyre. If you thought... That McIntyre and Swagger had any chance of winning. You are high off your ass. Then, for some reason, we get Alberto versus Rey Mysterio again. So I'm assuming Jack Swagger's going to feud with Kofi Kingston. But, again, Rey Mysterio, Del Rio, again. Didn't we see it on SmackDown? SmackDown. Why is this happening? Anyway. Ludacris wish The Rock a happy birthday. Uh, Christian comes in. He has a little cameo. Mae Young is involved. Uh, The Rock makes fun of some people. He makes fun of fucking Vicky Guerrero, which is... Who didn't see that coming? It's it's 2011. And if you're a heel, and you're in the same room as The Rock, you're getting made fun of. You're either going to be called a hermaphrodite, or a drunk hobbit, or some rinky-dink catchphrase that he came up with while he was taking a leak five minutes ago. We knew that was happening. Of course, they had to do something funny, and The Rock kissed Mae Young on the lips, and he says that he gets more pie in one night than Dolph Ziggler gets in his lifetime. We get it, Rock. You fuck a lot of chicks. Thanks for reminding us. Us, the people that don't go to the gym and are average-looking, yes, we got it. You smash a lot of broads. Thanks for sharing, appreciate it. But um, you know, it was what it was. Kane and Mason Ryan was formulaic. And to close things out, um, Maya came out and sung "Happy Birthday" to The Rock. It was it was cute. Vince McMahon was there. I was shocked. Vince came out and he played this really great. Fucking WWE's highlight packages are ridiculous. I think that if I die. I'd like WWE to make a highlight package of my life. And just uh, just have all the moments where I've yelled at people. Uh, have those. Those would be great. And put those in the fucking highlight package. But other than that, Raw was solid. I appreciated it. I enjoyed it. You know, like I said, a little, little, little rah-rah, a little bit. It was all right. Not the worst shit ever. Before I discuss TNA and SmackDown, and I'm going to use that to close out the segment because... It needs to be addressed. I'm just going to go through some of the other wrestling news. Uh, The Rock is going to be doing a new film based on black country music star Charlie Pride. Um, He's going to be uh, producing the film as well. And Charlie Pride is a country music hall of famer who charted more than three dozen number one singles and sold more than 70 million records. So that will be the biopic that The Rock is involved in. In some WWE signings, uh, they announced the signing of Jesse White. To a WWE developmental deal You're probably asking yourself Who the fuck is Jesse White Why should I give a fuck about him Jesse White is the son of Former WCW champion Big Van Vader Or just Vader if you watched him in WWE And um He was signed After a tryout in Tampa Florida Jesse White has wrestled in Japan You know I'm assuming That if he's the son of Vader He is a big motherfucker So keep an eye out for that Who knows when we'll see him? It'll be soon. Ring of Honor hit us with a press release. Their next uh, Ring of Honor event, Best in the World 2011, emanating from right here in New York City from the Hammerstein. Uh, That's going to be June 26th. What a great birthday present for yours truly at 4 p.m. And they announced that Jay Lethal is going to be wrestling in Ring of Honor. So... Be on the lookout for that. They're going to broadcast that event live on iPay Per View from Go Fight Live. And if you want to get tickets, you can pick them up at the Ring of Honor online store, or you can go to Go Fight Live, which is uh, GFL.tv, so you can watch it on iPay Definitely great. Happy for Jay Lethal. Uh, talented guy. Great. He, he's a great performer, and ring of, he'll do well in Ring of Honor, I can tell you that much. All right. That wraps up all the rest, the mainstream wrestling news. Let's talk, let's talk fuckery. That's what I want to talk I want to talk about fuckery. And I'm, I, I don't give a shit that I'm spoiling SmackDown for you guys. This is the point in the broadcast, folks, where you pause, fast forward, or stop listening for about, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour. This week's SmackDown, which is tomorrow, tomorrow, is bullshit And I'll tell you why. They open up with Christian coming out, talking about winning the title at Extreme Rules. Mark Henry and the great Khali come out demanding title shots. The great Khali is demanding a title shot. What what the fuck has he done? But I digress. Randy Orton comes out. He wants a shot. Teddy Long comes out and says that he'll let the fans decide. Of course, the fans are going to pick Randy Orton because no, none of them were going to pick fucking great Khali. And you damn sure know they weren't picking Mark Henry, especially because he's a heel. So... Randy Orton and Christian is your title match. Now, I'm not going to go through everything that happened on SmackDown. Of course, Awesome Kong showed up. She killed the bitch dead. Uh, Cody Rhodes cut a promo. Ezekiel Jackson beat the Big Show. Sin Cara had a great match with Tyson Kidd. Chavo Guerrero was on commentary, so maybe the Chavo Guerrero-Sin Cara feud. Not so bad. The Core whooped Ezekiel Jackson's ass There comes the implosion of the group. Randy Orton and Christian, of course, had their match. What the fuck do you guys think happened? Christian retained the title. (laughs) That's a good one. Because Randy Orton pinned Christian and won the belt. Yes. Yes. Randy Orton won the belt. Christian held on to... Christian was a fucking... He was the equivalent of a belt holder. You know when you come home and they have little loops and you hang your fucking belt so you can find them the next day when you're scrambling to get to work on time? Yes. Christian played the role of belt loop. That's what happened. And Orton wins the fucking belt. Now, this is where I... First of all, WWE, your fucking agenda-driven agenda-driven, excuse me, writing, is terrible. Terrible! You motherfuckers damn well know that Randy Orton does not need the belt to be over with the fans. He doesn't. Stop the bullshit, you fucking soap opera sanctimonious jackasses. Randy Orton does not need a belt. He doesn't. Randy Orton can be Randy Orton without a belt. And frankly, Randy Orton in his stone-cold Viper persona has about as much charisma as the bottle of soda on my desk. He, Randy Orton's cool as shit. I'm not hating on the dude, but he, he, has, he has no inflection in his promos. It's like, you know, I'm going to hit you with an R. It's like, dude, get, come on, man. Speed the shit up. Speed it up. It's like when I saw him in in the in the preview for that movie that he's in. It's like Randy Orton with a flannel shirt. He's not even playing another person. He's not even acting. He's playing another. He's playing Randy Orton with a flannel shirt. It's like who are you supposed to be? I'm Randy Orton on Tuesday. He he has no he has no I don't know no no personality I guess I don't know I I could it could just be that you know he was in the military or like his dad like was a personable character. Randy Orton's just real, like, I tan too much and I should be on the cover of Men's Health until the day I die. That's what he is. Uh, I'm sorry. And yeah, he hits people with the RKO. DDP hit motherfuckers with the diamond cutter all the time. Tell me some shit I don't know. Stop. Stop it. And then you clown out poor Christian. Like, that poor motherfucker. He's like, all right, I won the belt. I love you, Edge. You're the fucking man. Thanks, dude. Thanks for fucking ending your career so I can win the belt. <laughs> and then it's like, he comes in to work. You know, he punches in his time card. Of course, he doesn't hype. He doesn't really do that. But And Vince calls him, Christian, you're facing Randy Orton tonight. And you're going to lose the title. And if you don't like it, you are fired. You know, it's like it's like what's Christian gonna do? Not fucking defend the belt. Of course, he has to defend it. And then this is where the wrestling fans come in. And I love you fucking guys. I do. I love you guys. But here's here's the part I don't like. You know, man, Randy Orton, you're a motherfucker. You fucking and you see these people on Twitter sending Randy Orton tweets, tweets, like, fuck you, fuck you, Randy Orton, I hate you, I hate your gut, and it's like, yo, you do realize wrestling is fake, right, you do realize that Randy Orton didn't walk in and say, I want to win the belt today, he didn't do that, he walked in, they said to him, Randy, you're winning the belt tonight, he's like, all right and he went out there and he did his thing. How are you going to send tweets to this guy telling him that he's a piece of shit? Why would you do that? What is wrong with you guys? Wrestling is fake. It's real to me. No, it's not. It's fake. It's fake. Stop the shit. You're sending tweets to a man who has... A family. This is a job. He is an actor. He is an actor. That's like sending a tweet to The Rock about why does he always refer to himself in the third person. He's not The Rock all the time, you fucks. He is Dwayne Johnson. He punches in, he becomes The Rock. He punches out, he's Dwayne Johnson. What the fuck, man? Ugh, you fucking fuckbags. You fucking keyboard warriors. It's, it's absurd. And you see them. Fuck you, Randy Orton. You fucking took the belt from Christian. No, he didn't. The writers did. The writers. The, the, guy, the guys backstage. Those guys. They don't like Christian, probably. Because that's what it is. WWE is like Facebook. Hit the like button to show you're popular. That's what WWE is. Bu- sell enough shirts. You'll be popular. Kiss enough ass. You'll be popular. Let Pat Patterson stick his thumb in your butt. You'll be popular. Wrestling? Popularity? Ha, ha, ha. What a foreign concept. Seriously. What, what is that? And you see them tweeting away, click, 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 fuck you, WWE, and miss said it best. They'll buy the next Orton shirt, and they'll buy the pay per view. They will. They'll go, fuck you, Randy Orton, you suck. Hey, his shirt's pretty cool. Look, you don't like that Randy Orton has the belt? Say something. But don't say it to the performer. It's not his fault. Go out there, show support for for Christian. Say, like, yo, why isn't this guy champ? Cheer in the arenas. Do that. Buy fucking Christian t-shirts. You want to show your support? I want to look in the fucking crowd and see giant Captain Charisma shirts. I want to see double C's in the fucking arena. That's what I want to see. You want to support Christian? You want to help him be a main eventer? Put your support behind him. But don't get all fucking rah-rah and bullshit and complain that he lost the belt, when you, the fans, aren't doing shit about it. You're not. What do you do? Hide behind a fucking keyboard. I don't give a shit. Wrestling is fake. But I believe that the guy's busted his ass for years in this business, and he's never won a major belt. Why the fuck not? That's all. He's earned it. The guy's earned it. Randy Orton doesn't need the goddamn belt for the 85th thousandth time. He doesn't. I don't give a fuck how many tribal tattoos and fucking bottles of, of tanner and bronzer he goes through. He don't need the shit. He's gotten over just on his character. He doesn't need the belt. Neither does John Cena for that matter. They can chase the belt forever. Just put them in intriguing feuds and give them the belt on occasion. But guys like Christian, who consistently bust their ass and quote-unquote have paid their dues, guys like Daniel Bryan that go out there and bust their ass and perform consistently, where the fuck are those guys' moments? Where are they? How the fuck is it that Sheamus and Kofi Kingston are the only new guys that have gotten near any belts? Yeah, you put the belt on Wade Barrett, but it's a fucking, it's, Wade Barrett's a doormat. He's a doormat. You took a guy who was the leader of one of the best factions at the time that was relevant, and, and he got over on being a heel, and you guys just shit on him. You shit on him, and then they bitch. Oh, Wade Barrett, he sucks. No, he doesn't. He doesn't suck. The writers suck. The writers suck. It's stop aiming your venom at the performers. The performers are just like you and me that punch in every day to do work. Stop the shit. If you're a real wrestling fan, you know the performers are powerless. Unless you're the fucking Undertaker or Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin, then you got some pull or Triple H or Shawn Michaels. But if you're some guy who got signed last week, you ain't shit. You're going to be the next Brooklyn Brawler for a year before they even look at you stop the bullshit stop fucking wrestling fans you fucks love you guys but you sometimes you guys you get out of hand with your bullshit you want to be passionate take to the take to the store buy Christian shirts make sure your shirt is the number one sold item on shop zone go on Twitter say hey man you know Christian is awesome What's up with him? Why aren't you guys doing that? But be respectful. Become correct. How the fuck is the WWE going to take you seriously when you're all there drooling on yourself? No, oh, Randy Orton's a piece of shit. No, he's not. He's boring. Yes. He has no charisma. Right. But he didn't wake up and say, fuck, I want to fuck Christian over today. That's not what he did. Maybe Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulk Hogan would do some shit like that because he's a fucking fuckbag too. But that's a whole other story. And you know what? Mist is going to come in and give me the assist because I, I requested that she do so earlier today because she knows, and she's an impassioned wrestling fan, and she, you know, she, she don't give a fuck, but she knows that we wrestling fans can be motherfuckers. So let me bring her on. Miss, what's
3: up? Hi, hey, how are you?
0: <laughs> I
3: am uh, sweating from my- yeah. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> but I have to agree with you. Um, it, it's One of the things that irritates me, I think, the most about wrestling fans, they're not like other sports fans. Like, for example, if you have a Mets fan or a Yankees fan, they go to bat for their players. But yep. when it comes to wrestling, for some reason, like everyone is complaining and they're all upset because we read the dirt sheets. If you have a computer and you have access, you read the dirt sheets, you already know what's going on on SmackDown. Yep. So this isn't even a spoiler. Um, but I don't see anyone like rallying. Like I see the tweets to Randy Orton, oh, you're, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Many, many, many blasting curse words. <laughs> But I have yet to see any long litany of tweets, like coherent ones, to WWE saying this is not what we want. Like we saw Edge go out and we want to see Christian continue the legacy. Like no one has yet to say anything remotely like that. Now there's no guarantee that they'll listen because... Honestly, in my own personal opinion, Christian went to TNA. So any time you go to TNA, it seems to be like I'm I'm waiting to see what they do with Karma, because if she comes in and does a lot in WWE, she'll be like the first one. But everyone else who has come from TNA and then either returned to WWE or came from TNA and just entered the WWE, they kind of get, you know, pooped on. Gail Kim, uh, Evan Bourne, now Christian. So like that he lost the title does not shock me
0: in the least. So I'm shock you know what shocks me and, and, and it's just the fact that they they pretty much said you're not even worthy of losing the belt on a pay per view. Like that's no. a real like they really just sunned them. They're like, Yeah, you know, you're losing tonight. But yeah, we're not even gonna give you a pay per view match. You're gonna lose in a tape match that everyone's gonna know about Wednesday morning. Which is what, ins- what what bothers me. It's like, yo, it's a real insult. Like, yo, fuck you. You're going to lose. And it's going to be, you know, not even, not even on a pay-per-view.
3: Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's, it, that's usually it, how they do it. If, if you haven't noticed, like, um, and I guess that's one of the things I guess irritates me more about, WWE as opposed to TNA Like TNA just is disorganized (laughs) And you know They don't care that they're disorganized
4: That I can almost
3: understand But like you will see on WWE they like started This trend where whatever Aggressions go on behind Stage it's like they bring Them and play them out on TV for All of us to see which is Probably one of the reasons a lot of the fans They kind of have a hard time going from it's not real to it's still real to me. Because if I see one more real-life drama play out in the ring, like what does any of this have to do (laughs) with what these guys do every night? They're working hard. They're putting in the work. Reward them a little bit. Like don't take out your, you know, business aggressions on people because I feel like that's what this was, a business aggression. They don't like the fact that Christian came back and he's still as popular as he was way back when. Not coming from TNA. It's almost like they want him to come back to WWE and not be popular at all. Yep. And he's not. Like, he still has fans. Whatever he did in TNA, whether they saw it or not, they still remember him from, you know, putting in the work on Velocity, being there on WWE. What is it? Heat? They had that show, Once Upon a Dime. Yep. So everyone remembers the word from there. They remember the five-second pose. They remember when him and Edge were killing people, tagging, and doing great things. This is what people re- remember. But it's like WWE wants to, like, tarnish that mem- memory as I was saying he's not good enough anymore because he went to another company. Wrestling is, you know, it's fluid. It's liquid. Why not capitalize on the fact that he's popular and sell yep. more stuff? Why not have a bunch of Christian fans in the audience? Like, because that's basically why John Cena is considered the figurehead of the company. Because you look out into the audience and you see a sea of whatever, you know,
1: whatever colored <laughs>
3: shirt that he has on. <laughs> you know, before it was the purple. Now everybody's wearing the, the red. So, But all of his fans, even the little, from the little ones to the the men who cry when he hugs them, um... They're all in his shirt. They're in his shirt. They're in his cap. They've got the stupid headband on and all that stuff. You don't see I, the other wrestlers, no matter how popular they are. Their fans don't go to bat for them like that. If you're not showing WWE that you care, money is the only thing they care about. But if yep, you're not, not showing that they're making money, they don't care.
0: That's okay? right. And, and you're no, you're you're 100 right. And you know it, it's like you either got to speak with your money or speak with your merchandise. Like I said, make Christian shirt the number one purchased item on WWE.com. They will yeah. fucking notice. Yeah. You know? We're, we're, you know, wear, wear fucking Christian sunglasses like he used to wear. Do something. You know, throw Well, with,
3: with your reason, because apparently that's not working on Zack Ryder. I don't know what's well, going on there.
0: Well, well, Broski, Broski isn't catching on because they didn't come up with it. That <laughs> oh, was, he did it himself. Exactly, and like anything else, if they don't if they don't create you, if, if they don't build you up, tear you down, and build you back up, they don't want to have shit to do with you. Yeah. Everybody can talk about how awesome and talented Zack Ryder is, but you know, he's not wrestling. Nobody sees him. His awesomeness is only known on the web. He's a he's a he's a keyboard he's a keyboard guy. Just like Daniel Bryan, just like, you know, Michael Cole talks all that shit about Daniel Bryan. Those are guys that get over on their own merit. And mm-hmm. no, no, you can't do that in the WWE.
3: They have mm-hmm. to shut down people's throats. And it has to be an idea they okay. Like some of the, the wrestlers that have left, Shelton Benjamin, Carlito, a few others, they've all said the same thing. If it's not an acceptable idea to the powers that be, they won't even let them do it. So even when they come up with stuff, it's still not good enough.
1: <laughs> so, yep. like,
3: I they can't gotta, understand. Hmm? No, what I was going to say is
0: they can't they can't get tattoos, they can't cut, like, MVP, I, he referenced something about wanting to cut his braids off, you know, to add mm-hmm. a little panache to his character. They're like, no, you can't do that. That's part of your character. That's what yeah. sells toys. Like, yeah. It's like
3: a new fucking head. But then they're the first ones who get blamed when they're stale. Because you can't constantly, like, let's be honest. WWE is on every week without fail, okay? Whether it's on Monday or whether it's on Friday, whether they double it up. It's on all year. year. So I don't care what you do all year. You're going to bore people. Like, John Cena has been running around. In the same shtick for the last, what, five, six years? That's And right. you're going to tell me no one's... No
2: one's bored? bored. Oh. oh. What the what hell was hell that? Was that you?
0: Ah, oh, Mist is getting a fax, I think. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I had to mute your mic, Mist. I don't know. It sounded like you were getting a fax or something. You're pretty popular. Yeesh. Um, let me try and unmute you again. Still got it. What the hell is going on on her line? Ah, missed. Shit. Hang up and call back. We'll talk some TNA. I gotta bring Slick on though. Um, he had some stuff
2: to add to it. Slick. What's up,
0: man? What do you got, my friend?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to chime in on what's happening to Christian because it really is shitty. I mean, the writing is like, he just has no idea what's happened?
0: Are you on, a, on your headset? Yes. You got a little crackle in your, in your sound.
2: Hold on a second.
0: I'm hoping, while Flick his uh his headset. Um, How about now? Yeah, that's better
2: Alright, yeah, I was saying It's really silly what's happening to Christian Because, you know, like like I said I'm one of the old school wrestling fans And it's like I, I remember the, the old Hulk Hogan days When Hulk Hogan was champion like Forever They actually yeah. Mentioned this on the show I don't know if it's actually like a written rule Because, you know, it's Wrestling entertainment it's not like a real sport but still you know, a champion, especially a world champion, is only supposed to have to defend once every thirty days. So like to shit on Kristen like that and make him lose his title after he just got it two days later? That's really fucked up.
0: So, true. Hold on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you and bring you back on. You still got a little crackle in your sound. Nope. Still got it. <laughs> so, no, um, no, everybody people in the chat are saying they hear it. You got a little crackle. I don't know if it's if it's the headset or you got a little interference. It's not too bad, but there's, it, it might it might just be blog folk radio being dicks. But um no, I agree with you. Defending the belt every once every thirty days, but you know what that means? That would mean they'd have to do their homework and do continuity. And wrestling doesn't do that. They're too fucking lazy.
2: I mean, that's that's why you have John Cena now being the 10-time fucking champion. Because you got defended it, like, every five seconds.
0: It's, uh, hold on a second, because Miss, Miss is like, can you you all hear me? And she goes, uh, you, uh, I'm telling her she has the dial-up noise. But um, no, it, it, defending the belt once every 30 days is, is the right way to do it, but they, they're just so safe. They don't take any risks. It's like, let's just keep the belt on Cena and um, let's, let's keep the belt on Orton and have those guys carry the brand. And it's like, how do you expect to build new stars if you don't take some gambles, you don't take some risks?
2: And they are to safe because when you been were talking when you were talking to Miss about, you know, building on Christian and why John Cena's like a household name. You know, you know, um on raw Monday there was a clear signal that they, this this dude was lifting up his little kid. Little Latino kid doing a John Cena pose in a John Cena shirt. Yep. Uh, well
0: that's
2: what people see, you know, if you don't speak
0: with if you don't speak with your wallet and you don't speak with your support for your for your favorite wrestlers and performers, they're never going to get a chance to shine. It's like people like Zack Ryder, they like his videos, they want him on TV, then put your support behind it. You know, I see the Zack Ryder signs in arenas. I see people trying to be noticed.
2: I mean, seriously, some of the, some of the like, you were talking about how they don't let people change the image. Some of the images need to be changed because it's like, I'm not going to lie. I've seen wrestling maybe five times a year, and I really haven't watched it consistently since, like, probably 2001. But it's like, take a dude like R-Truth. R-Truth right now looks like mystical. Yeah, that we know. I'm like, can we cut the dredge off and stop having this dude who just went heel? Can we stop having him look like a convicted rapist, please? Yeah, well
0: that's a that's a that's a that's a segment and a segue for another day <laughs> what what's wrong with our truth <laughs> that 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 in itself is forty five minutes of, of of talk but you know it's it, it, it's it's w w e playing it safe
2: i mean the best thing about raw on monday night aside from the whole rock birthday party and everything that, that went with that was even though it it goes back to what I was just saying, the whole fact that they had that Cena versus Miz met, and and um, the ref noticed the belt being in the ring already, so he reversed the decision. That's some classic old school shit. I, I really had a lot of appreciation for that that little overturn right there. I think I think that they're gonna wanna
0: they're gonna wanna go that route. But like I said, they're they're gonna keep booking and doing shitty stuff like that because nobody steps up on a unified front to like Mist was saying to support their performers, to support the angles that they want to see. It's just like people are just mindless sheep as to what Vince puts on television. But we'll see see what happens.
2: You got anything else to add, my friend? Yeah, I just wanna see awesome Kong eat every diva alive.
0: Yeah, she probably will. Literally and figuratively.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like fried chicken. Like fried oh, like fried chicken, yes. Alright, hold on. Yeah, you gotta get that crackle fixed.
2: Alright, I'll call back in.
0: Alright. Alright, let's see if I unmute Mist and she still has the uh the dial tone. Miss, are you there?
3: I can't hear this dial tone. What is the dial
0: tone? Let me tell you, when you were talking, it sounded like a fax was coming through. You know when you call a fax line and it rings? That's oh, the sound of. Oh, my fax
3: is kind of connected to the phone. Oh. I've never had it go off, though, when I'm on the phone. Come on, who's going
0: to send you a, a trip to Tahiti via fax at 1230? They Come will,
3: on. they will. Do not sleep on, they will do it. Uh, and, but um,
0: <laughs> the other reason I wanted you on also was because we we have to talk TNA, and you Why? are... A,
3: do we have we, to? I like to pretend that it doesn't really to. exist. We have to because you're, you're a
0: hardcore TNA soldier, and you know I'm just oh. fucking with you. But but let's talk about Kurt Angle's mistress,
3: who is China. Jesus Christ! (laughs) That's actually a good look for her because she's been a porn star. So you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but you know what it is? It's like it's like let's scrape the barrel, let's scrape the barrel, and dig deep, dig real deep, and, and pluck out the most obscure motherfucker we can find. Nobody talk about it in years. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do, and and you know she's on a on a handshake agreement supposedly, you know as as opposed to as you opposed mean, to a- if she doesn't go over, they're gonna get rid of her. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what it is? It's like that's great, but if if you want to have somebody whoop Karen Angle's ass, I guess it works. And if TNA was smart, they'd reference the fact that China knew Kurt when they worked up north. You know, and she saw that Kurt was having trouble and she called him up and wanted to help. Like, that's the easiest way to get that story over. But you know, they're not going to do that. They're going to make it look like, like, China fucking sleeps with Kurt Angle or some stupid shit. Like, 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 like Kurt Angle's fucking her. And, and, and they're going to use that to get the angle over and it's going to suck terribly. Because we all oh. know that. We all, we all know China has a, you know, has a mini-man cock. We know she does.
3: Um, <laughs> I like how Kurt Hankel said tonight, she or it. <laughs> so yeah, she sure. or it, because you know yeah. <laughs> she can ever
0: escape the fact that she did a porn video with X-Pac and, and you know, downstairs was a little suspect. <laughs> hey, 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 vaginal reconstruction surgery, you got to have some money. Get your shit fixed stand up you the urinal next to me don't stand <laughs> next to me woman you can pee standing up that's not <laughs> really that is a penis let's fix that and I know it's not you know I'm just being a facetious asshole but
3: it's, it's like, a drug you know, angle
0: let's just be honest the whole angle is stupid it's like yo <laughs> what's angle it's like yo your wife your wife divorces you and she marries a guy who you work for and here's here's something which I wanted to run by you and tell me if you've heard this. They say that Karen Engel is on TV because she had filed a lawsuit against TNA for sexual harassment against Dixie Carter's husband, and one of the, and they settled out of court. And the settlement part of the settlement was that she would be a TNA
3: employee. That's why Dixie Carter's not on television.
1: Have you have you heard about this shit?
3: I try not to read the dirt sheets because it gets to the point now that some of the dirt sheets I've found, like, I always knew they embellish stuff, but some of them now just flat-out lie when there's, like, no news to, to report. Right, but, They'll just re- but, No, but If she did that, if she did that, like, that's beyond, like, I've always thought of her as sort of a ring rat, like an acceptable ring rat. But if she did that, that just, that just takes it to a whole nother level.
0: But here's the, here's the crazy thing though. Let's 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 entertain both sides of the, of the fence. If if she went that route to get her job, then then you know I, I can't hate on her. But if if, if Dixie Do Carter's husband, well you know what I mean. If Dixie Carter's husband is a fucking creep and he just jeopardized the fucking company for for, for a piece of ass, then you're a fucking idiot too. You know what I mean? Like it's, a, it, it, it's like, you didn't want the chick on TV, and you got her off TV, and then you fuck up, and she's back on television. Because it, it's really random that she just came back. I know she married Jarrett, but nobody gave a fuck about Jarrett six months ago.
3: She's getting more screen time than most of the knockouts get. So, like, mm-hmm. and K.R. Like, Russell.
0: Like, something, something is definitely suspect. That's why I wanted to run that by you. Because, like you said, that's a lot of TV time for a chick that don't wrestle.
3: hmm
0: A lot you know of TV
3: time angles. They follow her around and give her give her all kinds of segments. That's just way too much time to have her on the payroll, and she's just like somebody's wife. You know? Yeah. That's nonsense. Well, the other thing that I wanted to run by you, of course, was – TNA will no longer be known as TNA, but they will be known uh, as Impact Wrestling. Now, uh, three who reasons. Are there are wrestling companies that don't want to be known as wrestling companies. Well, That's th- what that- you've that- done for years. <laughs> well, here's, here's, the,
0: here's part of it that, and, and this is, let, let me just go on my fucking tirade of death here. Okay. Um. TNA Wrestling, total non-stop action wrestling. You know what TNA Wrestling really is? Total nonstop angles, because it's all angles. There's no fucking wrestling. There hasn't been wrestling in ages. It's all, look at fucking Velvet Sky's tits this week. Oh, at the pitch it loose. I, I, I get it. I get it. You got bad chicks in your division. I get it. They are fantastic. We got it. Thanks. But, it's like, it, Hulk Hogan's on fucking TV, and it's like, I'm going to get you, brother. I'm going to get you, the Network brother, and Abyss brother, and... and shut, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Fucking hit... L- let me tell you something. There's a rumor, and again, dirt cheap, you know, that Sting and Hogan are going to have a match. It's going to be a fucking Metamucil on a pole match. It's going to be a <laughs> two-hit first match. But I swear, if Hulk Hogan gets the belt... At any time in this storyline, I will stop watching wrestling. I won't even cover the shit on the show. It'll be MMA, video games, and movies. They'll be like, oh, what about the wrestling? i so will be like, what wrestling? What wrestling? Get <laughs> <laughs> the we fuck out of I've been it. wrestling
3: in so long.
0: <laughs> and then, you know, you change the name of your company on a televised show that you tape two weeks before it fucking happens. Are y'all mm-hmm. stupid? Mm-hmm
3: and I, and you and they didn't even creatively change their name. They went from TNA wrestling, okay, and then now they're Impact Wrestling, which is the name of the show. Okay. Um yeah.
0: Impact Wrestling. It's like
3: it's like, "Yo, who, who
0: who decided that was cool? And what the fuck is Mick Foley doing on my TV?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I read the shit. And yeah, it's all spoilers. And if you don't want to hear it, shut, shut up. Why is Mick Foley on my TV telling them that you're going to change TNA from TNA Impact to Impact Wrestling? Why
3: well, you is know, that?
0: He's,
3: you know, he's a shareholder, and I guess he had to do something when they said no, he couldn't come to The Rock's birthday. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh-huh. might as well go- <laughs> Fuck you. Dixie Carter is a sheep.
0: Hulk Hogan is a fucking leech. Hulk Hogan is the equivalent of Venom. He's a symbiote that latches <laughs> on and sucks the life out of you. Of I all love TV shows. I love TV McHugh. show killer. <laughs> yes, he is, he is. He is a fucking tumor. He is the equivalent of a hemorrhoid on a fat person's asshole. Annoying, <laughs> and you can't reach it. That's Hogan. You, you can't reach through the screen and break his hip physically, but you wish it secretly. You wish that he comes out, and he comes out, and he's like, oh, brother, 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 I gotta go backstage, brother, brother, my ankle, brother, my hip, brother. Oh, brother. Like, that's what you want. And, you know, to, fucking Bischoff coming around, carrying Hogan's balls in his back pocket. Just like, look, man, you guys took TNA, which was a promising, upcoming company, and you guys shit on it. You you Bukaki TNA, you just fucking yes. spurted your shit. You're you're non. And then it out. at <laughs> all, all takers. It That's it. And pipped it out. And then last but not least, and I, and I don't know if you caught this, Hogan was pitching to bring in Goldberg mm-hmm. on
3: er, on Twitter. Mhm. Yeah. He's like. It, I saw the retweet. I also saw it.
1: Everybody else was like, "What the hell?"
0: It's like it's like you motherfucker. And then this geriatric shit dick that Hogan is decides to spoil on Twitter that TNA will be known as Impact Wrestling. Are you stupid?
3: The oh, only Im- what Impact? Like <laughs> the impact that arthritis is having on all of their star wrestlers because that's the only that's Impact. Like,
0: Yo, just call it WCW Thunder. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, but that's why I wanted you in here, because see, you, you even though you hate the shit like I do and what's happening, you have to watch the downward spiral
3: a oh, like a train wreck, a really slow-moving train wreck, and you just, you can't look away. You can't look I, away. You have to rubberneck and look at the bodies on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> and see just how bad. Was anyone injured? Is there blood? <laughs> uh, and Lord knows Tina gives us lots of blood now, so we get to see lots of <laughs> else. They, lo- <laughs> they love giving us
0: blood as if it were 28 days and you were out of pads. But. <laughs> Here's the here's the other one and and, you know, we we can't bring Jeff Hardy back because, you know, we we, we can't because he's a druggie and he can't get his shit together. But we just go and dig up Chris Harris. We dig up Chris Harris to fight. (laughs) (laughs) We dig up fucking Braden Walker. (laughs) Where the fuck is he then? Like (laughs) the closet and pull out the most obscure motherfucker ever.
3: And let's not forget, Ho, he was teasing at one point he wanted um, Randy Savage to come to TNA too, if he could get him out the chair. And I was like, what? Are you,
0: are you Wait, I, Let me tell you, the only thing I'd bring Randy Savage to TNA for is to play Santa Claus. That's it. Or well, you know what? When Jay Lethal was playing Savage, that's when you should have fucking brought Savage in to be his manager. That's yeah. what you should
3: fucking done. And train what? him.
1: Why
3: would they do that? That's really the only role that these, these, what they would call legend wrestlers should be playing. Pass the torch. And I am, I'm not talking about, like, I understand wrestling is your life and you love it. You can still be there. You just don't have to be in the ring. Like, there is no way I want to see you at 50 and 60 years old. And some of these guys are pushing 50 and 60 years old because, let's be honest, back in kayfabe land, Ages were, they were either raised or lowered so you didn't seem too old back in the day. So not all of them are working on their actual birth- birthdays, despite all of the Wikipedia and stuff we know about them. Some of them are a lot older than they're claiming to be or people know them to be. These are 50 and 60-year-old guys you got getting in the ring as though they're 21. Like, who wants to see that?
0: Man, listen. TNA, fucking total nonstop ancients.
3: I'm
1: waiting.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting to tune in and just just see Rick Flair just fucking die in the ring because <laughs> <laughs> he almost did.
3: Because <laughs> what if he have like a broken collarbone or something on his shoulder? <laughs> he's dying. The Rick Flair is gonna come in and he's just gonna be like woo woo woo, woo. <laughs> just fucking die in there. Uh, He's going to do like the wrestler and just have a tear pour down and then just jump off into infinity. That's it. And uh, then it'll go to black.
0: That's it. Uh,
3: that's why <laughs> right. I wanted you
0: to come in. See, you help punch up this segment. All right.
3: Okay. All right. <laughs> Take care.
0: Later. See that? You see what happens? We talk wrestling. See, for those of you that, that, that say to me, oh, I don't follow wrestling, you see why sometimes you need to listen and watch wrestling? Because it's such a circus of fuckery and shenanigans that it gives us ample material. It gives us ample fodder to, to shit on, to shit on every week. Like sometimes I watch wrestling, not with the hope of it getting better, but secretly with the hope of some of it getting worse. You want to know why? So I can bitch about it. It gives me great radio. It's terrible. It is terrible, but sometimes it's like like, like Miss said at best, slow-moving train wreck. You just got to look. Like, hey, is he dead yet? Did he hurt himself? Oh, shit, he's bleeding. That's it. That's what we do. But you know what? I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk some video games. We got some movie news. Shit's going to get crazy right after this.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the hottest place on the internet for wrestling and video games is of course WGS Radio. We got it all: news, reviews, interviews with some of the biggest stars in wrestling today, and yes, even oh my
3: god, the leader of
2: Team Cooch himself, Dirty Thirty Fifth. That's every Wednesday and Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, and of course For pay per views, two hours before every pay per view for wrestling. slash WGS Radio. We'll see you there.
0: All right, let's talk some video games. First up, Redbox. Of course, you know Redbox. It's the little red kiosk you see in your supermarket. Rent a movie for a buck. They are expanding into video games. They've been testing game rentals since October. Starting June 17th, you'll be able to start renting video games at over 21,000 locations. For PS3, 360, and the Wii, the games are going to cost you $2 a a day to rent. DVDs will cost $1. And Blu-rays are going to run you $1.50. So... Be on the lookout for that if you want to pick up a game real quick. Stop at your local Redbox kiosk. Two bucks for a game, dollar for a DVD, and a buck fifty for a Blu-ray. So, you'll probably see that at your local supermarket, check cashing place, and possibly outside your local crack house. You never know. All right. Need for Speed. We all love Need for Speed because they find countless ways to fuck up the franchise. Their newest experiment is going back to the quote-unquote storyline Need for Speed, subtitled The Run. The game is going to follow races as they race from San Francisco to New York. During the races, players will have to contest with dense urban traffic on icy mountain passes and narrow canyons. The game is scheduled to be released November 15th. All right. Let me go into a little tangent with this. Why don't you just, why don't you just pull the trigger and call it Need for Speed Fast and Furious? Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just call it Need for Speed Fast and Furious? Because that's, what, that's where they go. They really just want to pull the trigger on that so badly. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you assume the role of Brian O'Connor or Dominic Toretto or any of those guys, and you just drive all the cars in Need for Speed? And then you have missions. And do that. Because you know what? Need for Speed, it's always the same. Hot Pursuit was fantastic, very enjoyable. But now they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to forget we did that. We're going to forget we did that. And we're just going to go back to this shit, where we race across the country with dense urban traffic. Let me tell you something. If dense urban traffic involves driving through East New York and getting your windows shot out, then yeah, great. But stop. Stop with your fucking jargon when you promote this shit. It's like you're racing across from San Francisco to New York. Dense urban traffic. Really? What, What other kind of traffic is there? If it isn't urban, suburban traffic? Monastery traffic, none traffic, what, come on, you guys, fucking EA, you fucks, uh, look, you're calling it the run, why, because bull run was taken by Spike TV, uh, again, figure out a formula for this fucking franchise, and stick to it, stop jumping back and forth. Between Need for Speed Shift, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, Need for Speed Get the Old Lady Across the Street, Need for Speed Drive Your Kid to School, Need for Speed Get Your Pregnant Wife to the Hospital. What the fuck, man? Figure it out. Figure it the fuck out. Every week, it's something different. It's another Need for Speed game. Pick a fucking subject matter and stick to it. If not, don't play it. Don't make a fucking Need for Speed game. Get the, shelve that shit for a little bit. Uh, sad, sad, sad. For those of you that are playing Portal 2, you're going to be getting some downloadable content this summer. It's going to be free, the magic word, and you're going to get new test chambers, leaderboards, and a challenge mode. Uh, this is all according to Kotaku. In addition to that, the content is going to be both single and multiplayer. Of course, I didn't get to discuss the PSN breach last week and the countless fuck-ups that have ensued. Of course, PSN got breached, people's information got out, Sony decided to send out an email regarding it like three days later, shit is all fucked up, everybody's laughing at PSN, and um, the U.S. government is involved. It seems that the Department of Homeland Security and and the FBI are investigating the breach. Uh, The Department of Homeland Security is having its computer emergency readiness team try and help Sony improve security and restore services. Odds are that a couple of people in Homeland Security probably have PS3s and want to get online to play some SOCOM. That's why they are involved. The FBI has also been in contact with Sony in an effort to determine the facts and circumstances concerning this alleged criminal activity. So Uncle Sam is involving himself because, like I said, I think motherfuckers want to play some SOCOM, and they're not able to do that. Of course, everybody's saying that Anonymous was behind the attack. Anonymous released Uh, uh, statement saying that they are denying involvement. They pretty much said that Sony is fucking incompetent, and that they will need to fucking fix their security, and stop holding them liable for something that PSN fucked up on on their own. Again, it's, it's really a slippery slope with this shit, only because there's a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people are pissed off. Look, if, if your credit card information got out, change your credit card numbers, you know, get a new debit card, whatever, shit happens, shit gets exposed, Sony dropped the ball. I, have to, I, can't, I can't admit you know I can't deny they did drop the ball, and they're working hard to get you back in their uh, good graces. According to them, when Sony comes back online, they're going to have a welcome back program to persuade people to continue using their service, you're going to be getting some free content along with 30 days of free PlayStation Plus access and 30 days of uh, curiosity access, if that's how you say that. I guess it's curiosity. So, um, yeah, they're going to give you a whole bunch of new shit. They're going to try and win you over with gifts. They're going to come bearing gifts, like, please forgive us, we're sorry. Look, as long as my credit card information don't get out and I don't have, you know, fucking... Uh, a motherfucker from Russia using my email address, we're fine. If any of that shit gets fucked up, Kazvari, I am whooping your ass. That's it. In some news that are, I guess they're gaming related, they're not. Um, there was a rumor that IGN is going to be merging with UGO and uh, they're going to form a standalone company. That's great. They still suck. IGN puts out some of the hackiest fucking articles. UGO does too. They put out some real bullshit. Like I read the sites because, you know, I got to do my homework for the show, and I read every site, and I have RSS feeds, but some of the shit they put out, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, why are Lara Croft's tits big? Discuss. You know, like shit like that, like real fluff, garbage pieces like that. And I've seen them. IGN is guilty of it. UGO is guilty and it's like oh yeah we're going to form together like Voltron into a into a giant mediocre website that's what we're doing we're going a blazing sword of mediocrity where it's going to be you know gay whether whether Yoshi is gay or not and all that you know wonderful pieces like that that's what happens it, it's ridiculous. They're, they're, it's like it's like a fucking it's like a megazord of shit. That's what they're doing. N- no one gives a shit, and they're making it seem like it's so huge. It, uh, you know, News Corp earned a hundred million dollars. IGN only received ten million of that revenue. Now you're just going to have a giant site full of fluff pieces and bullshit and pop-up windows that you can't click on uh, to go into the next article. <sighs> I don't mind, I don't care about the merger, whatever, it is what it is, you know, you have to navigate through a lot of shit to get some quality articles, but, you know, non-factor, there's a thousand other places where you can get your gaming news, you know, My Take Radio, we we try and give you gaming news, you know, sometimes they're a little late, sometimes they're a little early, maybe an exclusive, maybe not, but you know what it is, I give you news that you can actually give a fuck about because there's an opinion behind it. I'm not going to go and copy and paste shit. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of articles that, that will get reblogged in the future to help us get traffic, and that's fine. But they're not going to just be, hey, this is the article word for word. I am going to state my case like, you know, the Wii dropped to 150 bucks. This is what IGN had to say about it. Here's what I had to say about it. Anybody who owned a Wii or bought a Wii within the last week, you guys got royally fucked. You know, like, um, there, there will be some character to any articles like that that go up. You guys know that because I did that with an article from Gamer Fit Nation recently regarding their um, involvement with the UFC trainer. They also have provided us another article regarding their visit to Mark Della uh, Sidio Tong Academy in, in Boston, and that's going to be posted on MyFakeRadio.com, but it will have, you know, a, a little bit of, of MTR polish to it that you guys know and love so much. But that's, that's something else. All right. For those of you that have Fallout New Vegas, you better dust off your copies because you're going to get three downloadable content packs for the next three months. The first bit of content you're going to get is Honest Hearts, which is going to have uh, players taking on a tribal band of raiders in Utah's Zion National Park. The content is also going to have players meet the Burned Man. In June, you're going to get access to Old World Blues, which will let players explore pre-war research centers as they try to escape kidnappers. Last one, Lonesome Road, drops in July. You're going to play um, the courier. Well, you're going to have a courier being contact- contacted by the original Courier 6 called Ulysses. Ulysses will reveal why he refused to deliver the platinum chip after the player goes through the divide. So each, pi- each uh, bit of downloadable content is going to run you 10 bucks or 800 Microsoft points, and it's going to drop on all systems at the same time. Here's somebody who I haven't talked about, and it's usually because I don't want to give him press, and that's our buddy Cliffy B. Uh, Cliffy B, as you know, for those of you tuning in recently to MTR, snubbed us in a nice douchebaggy sort of way, so I try not to acknowledge him at all because I refuse to waste oxygen acknowledging him, but I, I have to cite him for this bit of news because... He said that he um, would have liked to have seen Master Chief in Gears of War 3. Cliffy B. said the following, I approached Microsoft on getting Master Chief into the game, but those guys are kind of squeamish. He later jokingly added to that that if you had to break it down, I'd say that Gears is like Mortal Kombat and Halo is like Street Fighter. And the reason for the refusal is that that they didn't like what they wanted to do to Master Chief. He said if we were... If we were to get Master Chief, we'd get his model, put him in a cog suit, make it blow up, and do some test animation work. We'd have to see what his head looks like being blown to smithereens or how his arm would look like getting sawed off. So I think that, obviously, they want to keep Master Chief a secret, so that's one of the reasons why. In the end, does anybody really give a shit if Master Chief was in Gears of War? Frankly, I feel that... You know, comparing it to Gears of War to Mortal Kombat and Halo to Street Fighter, that's that that's a fair assessment. But Master Chief's character in the in the Gears of War universe would be really fucking weird. Like it doesn't. There's no way to gel that that I can think of. Unless you you did some shit where you know he went through a portal and he ended up in an alternate universe or some shit. There's no way that that'll look legit. It'll suck. So you know what? I'm glad you didn't put him in there. I'm also glad that you didn't put Master Chief in fucking Mortal Kombat. It would have looked stupid. So you know what? Leave Master Chief the fuck alone in his Halo universe with his multicolored Spartan uniforms and leave the Gears guys alone and stop trying to add all this extra menagerie of bullshit to make the game cooler than it is. Gears of War is a fun game, it's an entertaining game, but it's the same shit we've seen every time. That's it. It's very stylish. The story's engaging, but it's the same game every time. Stop. Stop, you shit. All right. The Wii, like I said, is going to get a price drop on May 15th to 149 which we discussed. Both black and white consoles are going to get the price drop treatment. No more Wii Sports, though. You will be getting Mario Kart and the wheel accessory, depending on what color the console is. Um, if you want additional wheels, they'll run you ten bucks. The 149 Wii is not including Wii Sports, which I said. In addition to that, they're going to be releasing what's called a Wii Select lineup, which is pretty much budget titles. They're, you know, for 19.99, those titles are going to be The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess, Animal Crossing: City Folk, Mario Super Sluggers, and Wii Sports. You're going to be able to pick those up as standalone titles for 19.99. So. Once again, the Wii price drop. We all know that that was coming. Going to uh, go into this other direction with it and setting up for a new console, it's fucking obvious now. We dropped the price of the Wii to 149 only because there's some new hotness coming. I'll be 100% honest. I sold my Wii and all my games uh, last week before the price drop because I don't play it, and Nintendo doesn't put out shit for it. So, see you later, bye. Deuces. Had to send the Nintendo packing. I also realized that it's after midnight. So, to, uh, to remind all my, my listeners, today is... It's
1: Friday.
0: It is indeed Friday. Just figured I'd share that bit of knowledge with you guys. I know you guys needed to know that it was Friday. And since we're talking about a black, we, it would only be fitting that Rebecca Black would be involved <laughs> I see a uh, a big yo from Slick and uh, <laughs> he uh, proceeded to call me a piece of shit in the chat room. Moving on. Uh, 2K Games announced that they will be releasing a sequel to The Darkness, the 2007 uh, game based on the comic book from Image. That will be coming out October 4th, 2011 and October 7th internationally. You'll be able to pick that up On Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the PC. I'm a huge fan of the darkness. I played the first game. Very engaging. I see guys uh, bitching that I played the Friday clip at 1 o'clock in the morning, because it is 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And to those guys, I say, fuck you. It's my show, and I forgot to play the clip. (laughs) Moving on. Mass Effect 3. For those of you super excited about getting that mess, guess what's happening? delays, 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 delays. Mass Effect 3 will be delayed until the first three months of 2012. The development team, quote-unquote, is laser-focused on making sure Mass Effect 3 is the biggest, boldest, and best game in the series. So with that said, if you were waiting on NetMass, you got to wait till the apocalypse in 2012. I'm sure those of you that have gone to GameStop, Best Buy, have seen the UDRAW tablet for the Wii and wondered, hey, why isn't some shit like that on the PS3 or the 360? Well, guess what? Wonder no more, fuckers, because Joystick announced that THQ is creating UDRAW tablets and games for the 360 and the PS3, and they will be available for the holiday season. So if you're interested in checking out the tablet, which will probably get used in a couple of other things as well, you'll be able to pick that up this holiday season. Last bit of uh, wrestling... Well, wrestling news. A little fucked up. Uh, Video game news. Assassin's Creed. Once again, setting its sights on November. Ubisoft revealed that Assassin's Creed Revelations will be released in November as per the Game Informer cover that was released recently. The game will feature all three characters, Ezio, Altair, and Desmond, which is a character that ties Ezio and Altair together. So... You'll be seeing uh, all three characters in the game. You're also going to get multiplayer from the last game. You're going to get new features, and you're also going to get the introduction of a climbing hook. So that's going to spice up the gameplay a little bit. Can I tell you, I think I'm just a little late to the party, but I think I've only played the first Assassin's Creed. Everybody tells me it's fucking badass. i got to sit down and play it. It's just you got so many games to play, you lose track. Um... There's a couple games I still got in plastic. Assassin's Creed, I got to play just because everybody says it's really solid. And um, I'm a little late to the party. I'm sorry. But keep an eye out for that in November. You'll be able to pick that up Assassin's Creed Revelations. All right. That wraps up the gaming news. We are going to take a commercial break. We got some movie news right
2: after this.
3: I wonder what's on tonight, (laughs) even. Tonight at 10 on your local news.
2: I said to Jesus, Jesus, can you save me? This is the deal of the century, people. I'm telling you. So, Jason, uh, what,
0: what, are we, what are we doing tonight, tumbling with tumbleweed, Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Blogtalkradio.com, Eastern Standard Time. Do you even know? Jason? Jason, are you there? Uh, There's a couple of things to discuss There's some Marvel shit We have some box office stuff But let's start with some Marvel stuff Mark Ruffalo, who's been super vocal About his involvement with the Hulk And the Avengers Has uh, given a little bit of information out As to what role the Hulk will be playing in the Avengers He said the following He has an interesting thing with Black Widow actually And him and Tony Stark are, you know, he's like a fallen angel version of Tony Stark. He was the renegade professor who was kind of a rebel, arrogant, kind of doing things that were unorthodox. There's a real admiration between the two of them that's interesting, and Tony Stark really enjoys the idea of watching this guy turn into the Hulk. So he's nudging him in an interesting sort of way. There's a lot of nice, fun play between the two of them. So it's um, obvious that, There's going to be a little bit of chemistry between Black Widow and the Hulk. Thanks for giving that up, Mark Ruffalo. Also, there is uh, probably a couple of scientific uh, mental battles between Stark and Bruce Banner. So definitely intrigued to see that pan out. I I think that in regards to especially Mark Ruffalo's involvement, he's a very strange actor because I don't really know how I feel about him. I, I kind of think he's he's kind of a, a hack, but I've seen him in some solid shit, so we'll see how it goes down. Um, I see that Cass is in the screening room, and her hand is raised, so let me click on it and see what's up. Hi, Cass. Hi, Rich. What's up?
4: Oh, um, I was just going <laughs> to chime in about the video game news, but it's cool. We can hey, move on.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You're all uh, holding him.
4: It, it has been a while. Um, I was just gonna say how stupid it is that Cliffy B wants uh, Master Chief in Gears because it makes no freaking sense to me.
1: Nope. <laughs> None.
4: I don't understand the uh, comparison between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat in regards to first-person shooters. But that's just me.
0: <laughs> are you? Are you, do you do you play Gears or do you play Halo or do you split your time between both?
4: I don't play much of either. I've played both. I didn't like the Gears campaign. Halo campaign was fun. But um, I, I don't see Master Chief being anywhere in the mythos of the Gears games. It makes no sense. And he's so clean looking.
0: How are you going to make Master Chief look grungy looking?
4: Right? And it doesn't, I, I don't understand. I can't picture Master Chief with a chainsaw a chainsaw gun or anything like that. Or, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing him get a limb cut off. That would be kind of cool. But I don't think it would make sense for a game.
0: Well, I think that Microsoft is like, yeah, we kind of don't want you blowing our character's head off. That would kind of suck. That too. You know, I I think Microsoft was more concerned about Master Chief's image because you know that they're going to make Master Chief, you know, they're going to try and clown him a couple of times in that game and I don't oh, think absolutely. Microsoft
4: do that well yeah he's like their star character I mean you know Bungie Games that's their their guy or I don't even know if Halo's with Bungie anymore but <laughs> it, well
0: yeah Microsoft
4: Bungie <laughs> it's just a dumb idea in my opinion thank god
0: it didn't happen that shit would have sucked and you know it's like when they were saying oh we're gonna put Master Chief in Mortal Kombat I'm like that's gonna not work either uh,
4: be- yeah I don't see that happening very well yeah.
0: No, I think I think Clippy B is, uh, you know, he, he's getting a little too gassed on himself. He thinks that everybody should be in gears. It's like, why don't you just put Raiden in there? Why don't you just put Raiden and Sub Zero and they're running around <laughs> shooting Locust Horde with fucking ice and lightning bolts out of their asshole. It's like, might as well on. put
4: put Link and Zelda in there too, you know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Link with a chainsaw gun would be fantastic. Nothing like a little elf getting his fucking head blown off. I think I'd rather see that than Master Chief, but. <laughs> Yeah, and oh, props to Valve for giving out the free DLC for Portal 2, because I don't know about anybody else, but I was a little peeved with the whole hats and stuff in Team Fortress 2, because I love Team Fortress 2, it's a great game, but the hats and the store, it just seemed really, I don't know, it it, it kind of bothered me.
0: Pocket rape. Yeah.
4: Oh. Basically, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a lot of money, but... It's stupid. It, it just kind of takes away from the simpleness of the game where you go in, you pick your character, bam, it's a hilarious game and it's fun. But then you've got to add these little things like hats and then charge money for them. It doesn't make much sense to me. So my faith in Valve has been restored with free DLC coming out for Portal 2 because I love the Portal games. Great game.
0: Well, isn't Portal also a very short game? So I think that the DLC is going to add a little meat to the game, because a lot of people were saying that they banged out the game in about a week.
4: Well, it's faster. It can be done in, like, I don't know. I finished it in, like, eight hours, but it's longer than the first one. And um, they added the co-op is actually really fun. It was done really well. And I'm looking forward to, because, like, I played it with my dad. We have a lot of fun playing that. And... um I think it was done really well. I had a lot of fun with it, and I am excited to see more levels as far as multiplayer goes, especially.
0: Well, one of the things that that, that was really intriguing about Portal is that it, it's just such a very unique game, and 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 the style of it is very, it, you know, it's it's almost like like Explosion Man. Also, I like you know, just very unique and has its yeah. own niche following. So it it's is, really cool that.
4: He, yeah, it's really unique. It's it's cool. It doesn't. You know what I really liked about it too is for the PC version, it's not too hard on your PC. It doesn't take a great PC to run it, and it still looks great.
0: That's awesome. I'm 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 just excited at the fact that so many people are really going hard for this game. Because when I went, yeah, you know, into the mall, everybody's like, oh, Portal Two dropped today. Like you can hear people just walking around, like from certain gamers, like yeah, I gotta go pick a Portal Two from GameStop. So, you know, it's nice to see that because it's a game that kind of just goes under the radar in terms of it's how solid great. it
4: is. And I love that it's getting more popularity and more people are playing it, and it's different. It's a thinking game. You know, there's puzzles involved. You've got to work around and figure it out. It's not, you're running around shooting everything like, you know, half of the game's out there today. It's fantastic, and I love that, you know, people are looking in that direction a little more because maybe the quality of games will improve. And plus, it's hilarious. I laughed out loud so many times during that game. I mean, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the characters are wonderful and it's it's so fun.
0: Yeah, I've seen I've seen so many great like you know port uh, like you know portal art and people doing stuff. So it, it, there is a hardcore following for that game. I mean, you know, I played I played games similar to that that were that were just really weird. You know, like Limbo and N Plus. And yeah, Limbo was cool. Niche titles, such niche titles and to see them getting that sort of fanfare is awesome.
4: Yeah, and the the voice casting's great. Like J. K. Simmons plays um Cave Johnson who's like the leader of Aperture Science, which is the uh place you're you you're in, in Portal in Portal Two. So you get to hear him talk in one section of the game. It's just really cool because he's a hilarious guy. Just his voice, it just makes things funny.
0: Yeah, J.K. Simmons is fantastic. I mean, you know, it's almost like getting yelled at by J. Jonah Jameson.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And like you said, you know, Limbo, all these niche games that are, you know, indie might be getting more attention. I think that's cool because independent developers are, you know, they really work their butts off to make uh, good games and games that people like, so...
0: Yeah, and, they don't, and they're, not trying, they're not trying to get rich quick, you know? If their game does good, it's, like Limbo. You know, Limbo quietly went through, and before you knew it, it was like, oh, shit, you know? Same thing mm-hmm. with uh, Comic Jumper, Explosion Man, um, even... Um, shit, what the hell was that Xbox Live game that everybody was talking about? But shit, I played it. Uh, when you play the guy and you've got to get the different parts for the armor, please help oh, me.
4: Um, oh, crap, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about, too.
0: That that you know, like all those little indie games, it's like you don't need to charge sixty bucks for a game to make it enjoyable. And, and yeah, you know I want.
4: And another cool thing too that Valve did before Portal Two came out was, um, I don't know if this they actually did this based on on it, but they um, made this uh, like section of their site, and they said that if you played certain indie games, um, they would. It you earned um what was it I think potatoes and the more potatoes people earned the faster they would release Portal Two. So they had people investing in indie games and uh discovering them and as you know, through playing them they were getting Portal Two to release faster. I don't know if they actually did that, but I think it was really cool of them to expose people to these indie games and you know, something it's something different than, you know, Call of Duty and all of these games that are out there today that are they they're big but they're not necessarily great. Yeah, the big the big games, the buzzword for
0: big games now is zombies. Everything zombies. zombies.
4: Oh god. Shoot me in the head already. Uh, There's so many zombie games out there. It's getting ridiculous. It's so watered down now.
0: Are you still playing Pokemon? I know you're you're a hardcore Pokemon.
4: <laughs> it's yeah, like throughout cuz I'm not I you know, I appreciate wrestling and fighting and stuff, but throughout that, I was actually EV training a Pokemon.
0: <laughs> uh, look at you! And Slick, <laughs> Slick told me the game was Shadow Complex.
4: Shadow Complex, yeah. <laughs>
0: that was a that was a great game. Well, I um, anything else you want to add?
4: That's it. I just you know wanted to say hi and kind of give my opinion on some stuff. <laughs>
0: Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support as always. And, uh, you know, you're you're, you're always welcome to call in.
4: Thank you. I always have fun. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye. Cass brings up some valid points. I think I got to give portal another shot. Portal, portal is a, is a fucking weird game. I know I backtracked a little bit, but you know, Cass doesn't call in often. And when she does, she, she brings some meat to the fucking, to the segment. So definitely thanks Cass for the call. And, um, it's true. If you haven't picked up Portal, um, pick that shit up, man. You can also um, hit up Cass when she's in the Minority Film Reports. She pops up on the FMR nights. That Slick runs. Keep an eye out for the on the fan page for stuff like that. Cass is a good egg. She's uh, she gets a full MTR endorsement. So um, thanks for that Portal stuff, and definitely uh, ugh, thanks Slick, MFR. Minority Film Reports, yes, it is 1 o'clock in the morning and the uh, Pepsi Max is wearing off. I put NFR, then I said FMR, it's MFR, Minority Film Reports. Uh, Jumping back into the movies, let's talk some box office totals before I continue to fuck up my words as it gets later in the evening. Of course, in a no-brainer, Fast Five destroyed the competition, uh, film opened in 3,644 theaters. It is the biggest April opening of all time and is on tap to possibly being the biggest opening of 2011. I guarantee you that will change when Thor comes out. Needless to say, the movie has grossed $165 million on a $125 million budget. There will be another Fast and Furious. I can tell you that. Um, I reviewed... Fast Five on MyTakeRadio.com. You can read the review there. Check it out. Um, I did enjoy it. It was fun. If you went in there expecting Oscar-worthy filmmaking, then you don't watch too many movies. It's an enjoyable popcorn flick. Had a lot of really great sight, uh, special effects, and lots of car mechanics that were really bugged out. Uh, the fight scene with The Rock and the Hulk was really well done. But, um, yeah, it was, it was solid. It was a solid flick. Definitely worth checking out. And you know, $165 million haul for it is not bad. Not bad at all. Number two was Rio. Number three was Medea's Big Happy Family. Water for Elephants was number four. Prom was number five. The sequel to Hoodwinked was number six. I didn't even know they made a sequel to that piece of shit. Soul Surfer was seven. Insidious was eight. Hop was 9 and the source code was 10. Dylan Dog Dead of Night did not crack the top 10. It only earned $885,000. So it ranks number 16, which is crazy. Ugh. It's unfortunate though because um, Dylan Dog looked promising and it just didn't catch on. And uh, Scream 4 completely fucking toppled off the top ten, so I don't know what that says for the movie, but it did make a, dis- a decent amount of money, so, you know, Four comes out this weekend, go hit that up, everybody, is, it's got great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, a couple of people I hit up on Twitter from Marvel has said that it's fucking beautiful, it's epic, so check that shit out. In some other Marvel news, they want to do a Luke Cage Power Man film. Uh, Idris Elba from Thor is interested in playing the role. He's expressed interest as has uh, also Isaiah Mustafa has expressed interest in wanting the role, but you also got Tyrese and possibly Jamie Foxx in the running as well. So it should be interesting to see if Luke Cage will be making it to the silver screen. Very interesting. I honestly, out of that casting choice for, for a guy like, like Luke Cage, you know, Luke Cage from the hood, I would. I almost would go with Tyrese, just because he's got a lot of, um, he's got some chemistry with 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 whoever he acts alongside of. And if you want to throw Iron Fist in there, I think that that Tyrese could carry the role physically. Also, he can he can play that that dude from the hood protecting the kids and stuff. He can do that. Isaiah Mustafa, I don't know about him in in such a higher profile role. Idris Elba would also be good. I just think that he's such a a high caliber actor that it's almost like you're you're downgrading yourself for the role of Luke Cage not that the character is a downgrade by any means but for a guy like like Idris Elba I think I think Luke Cage is just not something he'd be good with but who knows now <laughs> let me let me give you I guess it's what the fuck movie news but not really and it's about somebody who ha- we haven't talked about in a long time. And they, it's not even somebody I talked about on the show, but just somebody in Hollywood in general that hasn't been discussed. And, and I, you know, I didn't give it any thought, but it's very interesting. Jim Caviezel. You guys know Jim Caviezel. He was in Angel Eyes with J-Lo. You know, he played that really important move, really important role, that being Jesus in Passion of the Christ. Yeah, he hasn't done movies in a while. And uh, he said the following. I was rejected in my own industry. Mel Gibson said to me, you'll never work in this town again. I told him, we all have to embrace our crosses. In my 33rd year, I was called to play Jesus. Jesus is as controversial now as he has ever been. Not much has changed in 2,000 years. Mel Gibson, he's a horrible sinner, isn't he? Mel Gibson doesn't need your judgment. He needs your prayers. Jim Caviezel proceeded to make this statement while speaking at a religious event. So, I guess playing Jesus couldn't resurrect his career, now could it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I went there. But it's like, dude, you knew that playing Jesus in a movie like The Passion of the Christ was not going to win you any favors, especially a movie where certain things were depicted that were, you know, questionable, depending on what side of the uh, of the tracks you're on. His career taking a nosedive. I don't know why. The guy the guy played Jesus, and he didn't exactly play a shitty Jesus. And I'm not even saying that to get into like religious stuff. But I've seen plenty of movies telling the story of Christ, and. Not for nothing, Jim Caviezel did a badass job. He was he was good in that. Why he didn't get any other roles, I couldn't fucking tell you. But it's crazy that he goes to a religious event to complain about not getting work because he played Jesus. I, I don't get it. It's like you're complaining that you get no work at an event for, you know, a religious event. But you're complaining about playing Jesus. It makes no fucking sense. No sense. I understand, you know, that there's like a stigma and, you know, again, poor choice on on religious terminology to use. But seriously, it's like he played Jesus. Give this guy a fucking job. Give him a job so he doesn't have to be known as Jesus forever. And then, of course, it's like... Yeah, he was 33 when he played Jesus, and his initials are J- uh, JC, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, stop with your conspiracy theories. He played Jesus. People didn't like it because it was a powerful role. And he doesn't get work. Uh, but I have to share that with you guys just because I found it to be somewhat humorous. It's terrible to say, but it is a little humorous that he would go to a religious event to complain about playing Jesus, but whatever. Here's something a little crazy. Sarah Connor. You guys know her, right? From the Terminator franchise. Well, Latino Review is reporting that the fifth film in the franchise is being pitched as Terminator 2012, and it'll feature Sarah Connor, John Connor, and Kyle Reese. Justin Lin, who directed Fast and Furious, is set to direct this. No writers have been attached, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is scheduled to star in this. So Justin Lin is getting a lot of burn, because not only did he do, of course, Fast Five, but he's also going to be working on Fast Six. He says, after this big weekend, we're going forward. It's pretty much 100% it's going to happen. At Five, we were hitting our stride. We're growing. People want to continue this journey. Now, for those of you that haven't seen Fast Five, please hang around after the credits, and you'll understand why there will be a Fast Six, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, Six Fast, Six Furious. Carpoint 6.0, whatever. You know, Vin Diesel's airline, where is it? Paul Walker, why doesn't he age? How about that? Fast and Furious 6, the search for more money. We can, we can always go with that. We can always go with something like that because you know what? It's to be expected. You know, Fast, fast, fast and Furious makes a lot of money. And, um, hey, why not? At this point, it's like, yeah, we're just going to go and squeeze the hell out of this franchise because we got nothing better to do. Hey, I can't hate on the dude, but I think the novelty is going to wear off really, really quick. And I see that someone's hands raised. I'm thinking that, who, it might be, uh, ah, it's slick. You're a mean one, Mr. Slick. What do you got?
2: I switched phones and I'm fucking angry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please tell us why you are angry, sir.
2: Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. The fuck, a geriatric Terminator?
0: Yes. Yes. It's going to be Terminator, the old folks version. You're going to see the Terminator with a fucking walker, Chasing Sarah Connor in a wheelchair Through an assisted living facility While Kyle Reese is trying to rescue her But the wheel on his walker broke So John Connor has to come in With an ambulance And drive through the building Come
2: on, dude Let's give you, you know. everything that's fucking wrong with this picture Already <laughs> And it's not even out You got a fucking Terminator with saggy pecs And a fucking chest scar from his heart surgery Yes Chasing, let's see, two people who are already fucking dead. Because Kyle Reese died in the first movie, and Sarah Connor, according to the third movie, died of cancer. So why the fuck are they in this movie? (laughs) Continuity? Hollywood? Nah. (laughs) I mean, you already already fucked up the continuity just by making a Terminator 3. Because after Terminator 2... The shit should have been done. But you made a Terminator 3, and guess what? John Connor said his mommy's dead. She died of cancer. Boo-hoo. We all (laughs) know that his daddy died before he was born, before either of them were really born, in fucking Terminator 1, because the Terminator fucking killed him.
0: But that's why... Let me tell you something. If all these Fast and the Furious movies are still taking place before Tokyo Drift, which has already been out, I'm not even shocked that they're doing this with Terminator. Not shocked at all. They'll probably find a way to squeeze that storyline in between. It'll be like, yeah, it takes place between one and two. And then Arnold, you know they're going to fucking make him young with CGI. That's a fucking given. So, you know, unless Arnold plays like a guy who helps fucking John Connor, it doesn't make any sense. They, if they're going to do anything... And, and you know, I may be in the minority here, literally and figuratively. I would expand on the storyline that Christian Bale did. Because other than the fucking crazy plot, there's more to that story. You know, he got the scar on his face, all that shit. It's like, why don't you expand on that? There's more to that.
2: I want to call Lexington Steel to come cockslap the people who fucking decided to greenlight this movie.
0: Wow, Lexington Steel reference,
2: five points, slick.
0: But no, I mean you know you know that the Terminator franchise has dollar signs written all over it. I I think that their their bad the bad taste that was left in their mouth from this past Terminator film was was something that was unfortunate but can be remedied. You know, he killed off the Sam Worthington character, and Christian Bale was a solid John Connor. It's like, why don't you just expand on that? Christian Bale is a great actor.
2: Yeah, because all you can do with the Kyle Reese in that movie is go back to 1984.
0: Exactly. But even still, by the time you get to that portion, like, you can actually do the next Terminator film where he contemplates sending Kyle Reese back. And if you want to add Arnold, make it that it ends with Arnold going through the machine. You know, like, it, it, and then just wrap up the, the series like that. But don't try and reboot and fork and, 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 you know, spin off this shit and make shit that didn't happen. You fuck up canon, you, you know, for the story, and people are just going to see that it's obviously a payday. I'm not shocked at all. I'm not shocked that they it took them this long. And, you know, Justin Lin now with Fast Five, with Fast Five making all this money, it's like, yeah, dude, we want you to do it. So it's just going to be shit exploding. Maybe they'll have Terminators that turn into, you know, Mitsubishi Evos and shit. Come on, man. I'm not shocked at all about this. And Arnold wanting to come back, the fuck else is he going to do? Twins part two with him and DeVito when they're old with new twins. Wait a minute. That may just happen.
2: <laughs> this is worse news than fucking the Arnold Schwarzenegger cartoon.
0: Yes. The governator. Yes. The governator. But, um, I, I did want to ask, um, what did you think of the whole thing with with Jim Caviezel complaining about playing Jesus at a religious event, and then you know saying that it was an important role, but that he'll never work again?
2: Didn't that shit come out in the nineties?
0: Thank you. It's like, how does this guy not have a job? Like, really? Are you is Hollywood that mad at him? Are you really gonna crucify the guy? Wait a minute. <laughs>
2: If this shit came out, like, 20 years ago and you haven't had a role since, no, you don't have a job. Stop bitching about it, flip some burgers, and call it a fucking day.
0: It's like, it's like he played, let me tell you something, you know, he was, he was amazing in that movie. Why doesn't he have a job? Maybe Mel Gibson pissed too many people off and, you know, that, that bad shit rubbed off on you. Change your name. Call yourself, you know, something else so they don't have to associate JC with Jesus Christ. You know, call yourself fucking Bob and some shit.
2: Maybe you just have a really shitty agent.
0: That too. Maybe your agent needs to be crucified. Oops. No, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Um, While I have you on the phone, I did run this by you because you can appreciate this. You know that on the fan page I mentioned that Rosie Huntington-Whiteley is number one in Maxim's annual Hot 100 list. Now, here's the funniest part. She is number one. Who is number two?
2: Megan Fox.
0: Wrong, Ski. Do you, if I tell you who number two is, you'll probably hang up, because you're going to be like, how the fuck is that possible? Number two... ...is Olivia Munn. So the hottest chick in the world is... ...mannequin, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. And then number two is Munn. How is that possible?
2: Uh, I just posted a link to... Well Rosie Huntington Whiteley looks like in case anybody was curious. This yep. is the chick who's playing alongside uh what's his name in <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Transformers Three. This is yep. the new this is the new Megan Fox people.
0: Yep, but here's here's the best part. I just wanna read the top ten to you and you'll and you're gonna wonder why these chicks are one and two. Katie Perry's number three. Cameron Diaz is number four. Mila Kunis is number five. Barifeli is number six. Anne Hathaway is number seven. Her nose is seven and a half. Um, Natalie Portman is number eight. Kobe Smogers is number nine. And Jennifer Lawrence is number ten.
2: By whose standards are these people here?
0: So let me get this straight. And correct me if I'm wrong. Olivia Munn, according to this list, is hotter than Mila Kunis. No. Hmm. She's not even Uh,
2: hotter than Katy Perry.
0: Olivia Munn is hotter than Barla Feli. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, how convenient that the Hot 100 list drops... A month before Transformers comes out. I have a feeling somebody just cashed a paycheck at Maxim to make this chick number one. That's fucking impossible. It's impossible. I see that uh DeSilva said that MTR should have their own hot one hundred list.
2: Yes we should. I, I so, I'm I, looking at the picture of this chick. Her fucking eyes are like five miles apart. The space between her eyes look like fucking Five Mile Island. She looks like I should throw a pokeball at her, dude. Haven't you realized that she looks like like wild, like one of the Thunder Kittens?
0: <laughs> where the fuck have you been? Every time I look at her, I'm like, yo, where is your nose? Like your nose and your eyes are like six feet apart. It's like weren't you in fucking splice? Uh. She was in Spice. No, she she really wasn't. I mean, look, you know what? I can't shit on, let me tell you something. You probably know that she's number one because the movie's coming out and because Jason Statham is her boyfriend and he will fuck your ass up if you talk shit. But seriously, you know somebody copped a payday for this chick to be number one.
2: Jason Statham, I'm ashamed of you.
0: Yo, know, she's, like she's like a she's like an she's like an albino uh, avatar monster. She's like a Navi, like a white Navi. <laughs> Oof. She is. Look how think about how far Zosma Dona's eyes were in Avatar, and then just put Rosie Huntington Whiteley in, in, you know, with stripes, but just make her white. The same shit. She's like the albino Navi. She's like a unicorn of their race.
2: And I could see fitting a horn on her, that gigantic forehead of hers.
0: Dude, it's like, it's like, stop, stop, you got paid and Olivia Munn being number two and then, I like the caption they put, this has been a big year for Miss Munn. The attack of the show geek turned into satire goddess on the Daily Show and jumped her highest Hot 100 position yet. So,
2: uh, she geek. saw somebody's dick this year. Oh, <laughs> but but seriously, like that list.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. You know that that list is fucking skewed. But damn. Like like okay, I, I see you got Anne Hathaway up there, and Natalie Portman is up there. But it's like it's like it's like yo, how are you ranking a nobody? She's a Victoria's Secret chick. She's never been anywhere near this list ever. That I can think of. Unless I was asleep.
2: I don't know how the fuck Cameron Diaz is for. I mean, I'm not calling her ugly. But, um... She's she's like older than every other chick on the list.
0: I think she's 38. She's She's actually on the cover of Maxim. So you know that was a fucking favor. She's on the cover of Maxim, I believe, this month. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. I figured you'd love
2: that. This is awful. <laughs> I'm yeah. posting the list just, you know, just so people can see how bad the top 10 is.
0: Yep. Knock yourself out, dude. Um,
2: anything else you need to add? No, I'm done with this fucking list. I'm just done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, homie. Thanks Fuck for calling. This in. list.
2: <laughs> Peace. <laughs>
0: All right, the last bit of news we're going to wrap things up with is the uh, the Star Wars Complete Saga, of course, is coming out on Blu-ray September 12th and internationally on September 12th and in North America on September 16th. They've decided to let us know what the hell is going on with regards to what you're getting on the Blu-rays. Uh, the 9-disc collection to, with the saga is going to have the high-definition transfers of all the films, 6.1 DTS surround sound, and you're also going to get 40 hours of special features. So this is how it's going to be broken down. On Disc 1, of course, you're getting the Phantom Menace, Disc 2, Attack of the Clones, 3 is Revenge of the, of the Sith, 4 is A New Hope, 5 is Empire Strikes Back, 6 is Return of the Jedi, and then from Disc 7 on, you're going to get Star Wars Archives Episode 1 through 3. That's going to have uh, deleted, extended, and alternate scenes. The uh, Disc 8. You're also going to get more deleted and extended scenes. Disc 9, though, is going to have a couple of Star Wars documentaries that are going to just be broken down into some sub-documentaries that are about 90 minutes to an hour apiece. So it's going to be a really good set to to get. And the transfers being in 6.1 DTS surround sound, I'm surprised they didn't go with 7.1. I almost want to think that it's a typo. I could be wrong, but you'll be able to pick that up in September. I believe it's going to be 140. For the entire nine-disc set, and then you can split the two trilogies because they have two smaller box sets in case you only want, you know, New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, and those are going to run you seventy bucks apiece. Overall, it, it, it's, a, it's a great time. You know, Lord of the Rings is coming out extended edition on Blu-ray, and Star Wars. Great time for, for fans of these sagas to, to hop on the Blu-ray bandwagon if you haven't. I've been hearing great things about the transfers for these flicks and definitely a day one purchase for yours truly. Um, Flick says that they'll release a 7.1 transfer next year. <laughs> you never know. Last bit of movie news to close things out. Brian Singer has been doing a lot of press for X-Men First Class and he was asked if we would ever see Wolverine in, in the X-Men first-class universe, he said, I think there would definitely be room. I think it would be a very exciting thing to do. This universe has to establish itself before, but that could be very interesting and very fun. Number one, if you're trying to have this be in, in line with the other X-Men films, Professor X doesn't meet Wolverine till X-Men 1. By meeting Wolverine in the first-class universe, you basically erase the X-Men trilogy. Just just letting you guys know that in case you decide to go forward. When asked why Wolverine isn't in this film, he said it's a completely different film. Xavier and Magneto are important characters as well. It's just a different X-Men film. I obviously love the character, but you cannot do it just because he's not in it. I respect that. I mean, trying to force Wolverine in there is, is not something worth doing, but I don't like that they're using video footage from the, first, from the early X-Men films to push first class, even though it's supposed to be in a completely different universe. So it makes you wonder, does it or does it not take place in the same timeline? If it doesn't, fine. But, but let us know that. So that way, if Wolverine does pop up, people won't be like, hey, what the fuck is Wolverine doing in there if they didn't meet until the other X-Men movie? You know, that's, I, I say it all the time, continuity is crucial when it comes to comics. So please, if X-Men First Class is in a separate quote-unquote universe, keep it there, but then don't use footage from the existing X-Men movies. Period. I don't know, man. Um, that's it. That actually wraps up the show for this week. Um, all our plugs, of course. You can check out all the links on MyFakeRadio.com. Just click the links tab. Uh, just got to throw a shout-out to... Kung Lee, of course, who was one of our past guests. He was really great, and he's going to definitely be back soon. So definitely head over to kunglee.com, C-U-N-G-L-E.com. Also be on the lookout because we will be doing some stuff with uh, THQ, with Darksiders and some other stuff real soon. So I figured I'd share that with you guys. And um, that's it. Got to throw a shout-out to the VGN Radio crew, as always, for supporting the show. And, um... Any other people that I left off the list, I apologize, uh, just too many plugs to do. Head over to MyTakeRadio.com, click the links tab, and you can get all the links to all the people that we support and that support us. So stop there and check that out. That's about it, folks. This is My Take Radio, Episode 90 for Thursday, May fifth, two 2011. If you'd like to be a guest, have any questions or concerns, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. In addition to that, if you're on Twitter, you can follow the show account at MyTakeRadio, or you can follow my personal account, which is Akuma25, which may be changed. I may be changing it to MTR Rich or my Take Radio Rich, only because it'll start kind of bringing both timelines together. We'll see what happens. If you're on Facebook, hit us up if you haven't. Become a fan, Facebook.com slash MyTakeRadio. And if you've been using GetGlue, make sure to check in on GetGlue and show your support for MTR that way. Last but not least, of course, you can check our apps in the iTunes store and also in the Android Marketplace. And if you're downloading the shows from the zune Marketplace or iTunes, please take a moment, rate the show, give us a quick review, help us move up the rankings. Your help well, your feedback helps MTR get more exposure, so please take five seconds, let people know about the show, either rate it or write a quick five-second review and let people know about it. That's it, folks. That's going to be – that's that's a wrap. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Thank you guys all for calling in. Cass, uh, Mist, of course, Slick. And make sure to keep an eye on MyTakeRadio.com over the weekend for tons of new content. And also, we will be starting our MTR interview series very soon. Who's it going to be? Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or have the app so you can get access to that exclusive content. All right. Time to drink some water and get some sleep. Later. Taking us out this week actually is going to be the Vegas Stage Masked Man by Nutritious from ocremix.org. You can get that and any of the other previously used intro and outro music at ocremix.org. Peace.